What's up, everybody? Before we get the podcast started, I do want to make sure and let everyone know that we do have merch available for the podcast now. We have a t-shirt, a brand new one with our me and Micah's cartoon characters and a possum on my shoulder. It's called The Inside Joke. Well, because it's an inside joke. We also have two, count them, two coffee mugs, one with the original design of our podcast and one with us's cartoons from the aforementioned shirt. And finally, we have a COVID uncovering unexplained mysteries themed face mask. Visit our Teespring account if you're interested in purchasing any of this stuff. You can find that link in the description of this podcast. Now on with our 200th episode. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode number 200 for September 10th, 2020. I am 32 years old as of filming this because my birthday was like a week ago, September 2nd. Well, more than that shit, whatever. Eight days ago. Who's counting? Obviously not me. I am Josh Cannon, and I am joined by my steadfast co-host, my relationship with him, as far as the podcast is concerned, has outlasted any of my relationships with females. Mike, <laughs> how you doing, man? I'm doing good. It's the 200th episode of Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries. I feel like having a parade with balloons and a giant birthday cake Sorry. And and playing Prince's Trust in the background and throwing money everywhere with our faces on it. But uh, I don't have the kind of collateral or the cash to pull <clears> that <throat> off, so we'll just have to think of that in your heads. So Mike, what do you um, what do you feel about this how do you feel about this podcast in general? What what does it mean to you? Um you know, what is it has it done anything for you in your life? Like Well, t- I I will say um it's helped me become consistent with with something, <laughs> you know, in terms of uh, creative uh, outlet and creative project. It's enabled me to uh, build a a very uh, special friendship with you, Aww. and uh, that's that's meant a lot to me. Um, Same, buddy. It's also uh, brought me in contact with a lot of fellow fans of Unsolved Mysteries and and the legendary Robert Stack. And that's been really great. Um, I've been able to 
through this podcast, uh, even though it was a long, long time ago, it was still such a really cool thing. Interview one of the DPs of the show. Uh, I believe I think his name was Kevin O'Brien. Yep. And uh, so that's been something that's been really, really cool. And uh, it's just been a a fun break from things. There's been times where I really look forward to recording the podcast during the week because it, it helps me get you know get over things or or feel better about stuff and gives me the opportunity to vent about things and so on and so forth and. And just kind of kick back and just, you know, relax for a bit. Yeah. Despite the disturbing, you know, dark material that we cover <laughs> yeah. on this show. Well, I think I think it's the relaxed nature that makes it a little bit easier to stomach sometimes. Yeah. If, if we were one of these, like, more serious podcasts with the production and the music and the, the serious narration, on September 13th, Katie did not realize that she was about to be raped and murdered forever. Like you know, th- that would be uh, that would be a bummer, man. Oh, that would that would depress yeah. the fuck out of me doing something like that every week. So I think, yeah. you know, taking. The- I wonder what the mental state is of some of these. Like you know, I, I mean, I'm not saying that you know they're you know crazy or anything. I'm just wondering what effect that does have on some podcasters that do these serious true crime shows. Like, I just picture I picture Robin Warder from Trevor Cold. I picture him in like this lonely tower in Canada. <laughs> With like like a quill pen and like a scroll, and he writes out the script for the trailer went cold <laughs> in this cold fucking tower with like one light bulb just swaying that's, above him. That's why it's called the trail went cold because he's cold every time he does yes. the podcast. No, I, I, I and he's just uh, oh, he's got a really long beard now. He's a very like lives alone. Um, I pick on Robin, of course, because I think we're friends. I mean, he was on our podcast one time, and then we were spo- we were supposed to be on his, but we 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 never heard back from his people on that one. So, no. um, yeah, he got he got the two fans that listen to our podcast listen mm-hmm. to his, and uh, we got none of his fans. So what the fuck, Robin? No, I'm just kidding. I, he's a cool dude. I liked yeah. how he cut loose on our on our show because he was so yeah, that was fun. usually so serious on his. So but that's been a fun thing too to do collaborations with, with other which you know, podcasts. You would think you would think that that with me knowing good and well episode two hundred is coming up, I could have at least reached out to perhaps it's you and and had them on here for a minute uh, to say something because uh, me and Liz from that uh, from perhaps it's you we we communicate every now and then on Facebook and you know we're I, I would consider us friends at this point. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't so much talk to Sam because I I don't know she's just not as social media present uh-huh. I guess as Liz is but yeah no I didn't ask uh, fucking anybody so <laughs> you guys are just gonna get more of us uh, we got some fun things on the podcast well, isn't that what you want yeah isn't exactly that what this show is about anyway well, right. for the most part for two hundred episodes yeah, fuck all those other people. <laughs> Okay, um, but no, I I just want to I say know you're probably gonna add, okay go ahead. I just want to say like for me like this podcast is almost like a little mini therapy session. Uh, I do look I kind of the same thing. Sometimes I really look forward to getting on here and talking about certain things. I love. Uh, I mean the the listening audience really makes it for me. I mean like yes, me and Mike do have a friendship now that has you know been going on for four years now i think Mm -hmm. and and that's great and you know i would definitely you know hang out with mike if he lived in my city and all that but um it's also like all the fucking people over the years that have like 
sent me personal messages, which yeah. if you ever want to do that for me anyway, I can't speak for Mike. I think he's a little bit more private. But for me, if, if anyone wants to like send me a message or anything like or friend request me, feel free to do so. I don't give a shit. I'm not like I'm not, you know, famous or anything special. So if you know mm. you want to do that, feel free. I mean, I, 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 I'd be fine with it. it it's just uh, I, I'm uh, understandably. <laughs> a little leery about outside uh you know friends at the moment because and I have been for a while since I had a pretty um uh, let's just say annoying run-in with a particular group <laughs> and I've already explained it on this podcast in the past but uh uh it's just one of those things where I had to put things on lockdown but um I I'm I'm open to accepting friend requests or messages too um it's just uh, they they show up in uh what is kind of the equivalent of, of facebook's uh spam folder oh really but if you let me know that you're uh a fan of the podcast uh, I'll, I'll i'll probably let you in um yeah but um so like just all the people who reach out like this one mm-hmm. dude reached out to me uh the other day and he said, and, and you know, I obviously don't know this this guy, but um, find his fucking message on here. Jeez, all my shit gets buried so quickly. And I probably scrolled past him already. I'm a true professional. Here he is. He, yeah, he messages me and he goes, big fan of the podcast and the band, bro. I listen to you and Mike's podcast like it's fucking religion. <laughs> and the fact that anyone would find yeah. either me or Mike's life mm-hmm. like that interesting is just so like humbling in a way because it's like yeah. I, I know for a fact that I'm a nobody. Uh, so for so many people over the years, whether it's the fucking possum crap or the Kimmy saga or the uh, Josh Flower Diaries, I just uh-huh. realized two of those things are new additions. Uh, the yeah. possum thing's kind of old, but. You know, the band journey or whatever, you know, it's been going on on my end. Um, the fact that people take interest in it is just insane to me and humbling. And, um, you know, so, yeah. so, I mean, honestly, if it, it sounds so fucking cliche, but if it wasn't for the listeners and, and the people who have said how, like, we've helped them or we've entertained them or they work night shift and, you know, where uh-huh. we keep them, their mind occupied, like, that's like, that's like everything, you know, to me. Yeah. If it wasn't for that, me and Mike probably, you know, if if we had put out the podcast and it was getting like 10 listens per week, you know, we would have ended it like four years ago. I mean, I can tell you that right now. Definitely. Um, 100%. I, I can I could agree with that as well. We might have still, you know, kept in contact, but we probably, you know, would not have, you know, kept it running for 200 episodes. Yeah. So you guys and gals are a big part of that and, and your support. I'll still remember the first time. I really appreciate it. It was the first time I, up, I uploaded our first episode. And I forgot about it for like a week. And then I checked SoundCloud and we had like two or three hundred plays on that episode. And I was like, what the fuck? Where did these come from? Like, I was not expecting. Mm -hmm. I had done a podcast before this one with my friend Brian in college. And um, it was just so like um, disjointed. It wasn't about anything in in particular. You know, Mm -hmm. like we didn't just choose a topic like just throwing shit at the wall yeah it was kind of like a stream of consciousness thing i guess you could yeah. say and brian would always clam the fuck up on the mic whenever we would record and he just wouldn't he wouldn't be as like open as he was because him and i would have these amazing phone conversations that i felt yeah. were super entertaining and it's like man if we could just do like a podcast of this i think a lot of people would like it and um 
it just never went anywhere. So I that's was. Cra- that's interesting how that can happen when yeah. in one environment somebody's really open, somebody's really uh, looks like they're primed for a podcast or some kind of broadcast, and then when they sit down and do it, it it's it's they a clam they clam thing. up. I don't yeah I don't know what it is. My friend Tom is like that too. He's like a he's been like a mentor to me. But him and I tried to do a music podcast one time and. Um, he, he kind of did the same thing. He just kind of clammed up and he's so like, he brings up such good points and has so much knowledge to share over the phone. But, um, you know, when we tried to do it in person, it just didn't work. So I had a bad taste in my mouth for, for podcasts Uh and, you know, so when we did this one, I thought it'd be really fun to talk about unsolved mysteries with someone else who also likes to show as much as me. And, um, but I didn't think it'd really go anywhere. And so when I saw that people were actually listening to it, that definitely like made me excited because it's like, oh man, there's so many more episodes I would love to talk about with Mike. And now we get mm-hmm. to do that. And uh, now that we're at episode 200, we've talked about literally every single episode and we're going <laughs> to end it. This is the last episode. <sighs> just kidding. Just kidding. It's, 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 it's most likely not the last episode. Um my, I was telling no. Mike before we recorded, my two rules for the podcast have always been it's got to be unprofessional and it's got to be fun. And the moment <laughs> that this podcast starts getting professional and, you know, polished, polished and, and a production value, that's probably going to be the day that it also becomes not fun anymore for me. And I won't mm. really want to do it anymore. So, you know, it's fun and we throw yeah. it together and... There you go. So I think that's a good intro for the 200th episode. <laughs> so uh, as most listeners know, we ask ourselves how we're doing and stuff like that. Um, so Mike, I'm how gonna... you doing? Okay. All right. <laughs> I was going to ask you, but okay. All right. All right. Um, I'm doing fine. Uh, things are kind of crazy uh, over here in Washington with all the fires and shit uh, and just crazy amount of wind i mean my front and backyard is a is a fucking disaster area so much branches and pine cones and pine needles everywhere i sent a text to my mom and and, and uh, troy saying you know it's a it's a it's a mess out here because they're actually on vacation right now they're uh spending some time in nebraska and uh, nebraska trying to be yeah that's a random that's where, ass well, fucking... well the that's where Troy's family is, oh, is in Nebraska. Okay. Um, but anyway, <laughs> they uh, mom's like, "We'll just sweep them in little piles." I'm like, "The wind is still blowing really hard outside. I'm not gonna do that." And it's true. I'm not gonna do that. Like, if I put them in a pile and the wind's still like fucking blowing like crazy, it's just gonna blow the pile away. <laughs> it's just gonna make it a mess. Then I have to make a pot another pile. No thanks. That's weird. Um, like, uh, I, the only time we get wind like that out here is when we have a hurricane coming. Yeah, we don't get hurricanes, but we we can get some pretty strong wind that'll just knock branches off and just make an absolute mess out of out of uh, your yard. Um, but the skies have been the weirdest fucking thing because of all the wildfires and shit. So you'll go outside. I think like the past couple of days, you'll go outside and it'll be like this two-faced sky where you'll look around and you'll see like blue skies and white clouds. You're like, oh, it's a nice day. Then you'll look to the, you know, to the left of you 
and it's like just yellow and dark and just scary looking. Damn, hell on earth. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's it's serious, man. There's there's a lot of the. Uh, I haven't gotten to the point where because we're not close enough to the fires where we we are in, at any kind of level of evacuation. But there are others that are like on level one, two. My grandmother, where she's living, they're at level one. Um, what is the what the do those moment. levels mean? Well, level one is you know smoke is bad, and you know there's a chance that you could be in the path of the fire but you're basically okay get ready that's basically what level one is get ready just in case oh wow level two is more of like okay like uh you you really should be getting ready like like <laughs> you you might want to evacuate uh ahead of time and then level three is like get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Jeez, that's fucking crazy, man. That that's that's what level three is. Level three is like get the fuck out of Dodge as soon as possible. As a Floridian, it's hard for me to understand the concept of a fire being so out of control that it can't be stopped. Because that mm-hmm. we just we just don't. I mean, it's everything is so mm-hmm. damp and humid here yeah. all the time. It is not good breeding ground for fires at all yeah uh no wilderness it's all swamp lands and mm-hmm. marshes and shit so fu- like but you get other natural disasters oh yeah you no get, we get we you, get you fucking get hurricanes. hurricanes which are like awful and they devastate entire cities sometimes mm-hmm. they always just barely miss jacksonville man we get so lucky every year like with that whole there's thing. gonna be that one year yeah, I know. I hope I don't live here by then. I really don't want to live the rest of my life in fucking the Bible Belt. Jesus, I'm so tired of living in the Bible Belt. I want to leave the South. I don't I don't like the South. <laughs> I don't like any of the culture. I don't like the people. You want to be like Damien Eccles and just leave and never come back. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like I want to go to like the I want to I want to go to the West. I want to live on the West yeah. Coast. Like I'm tired yeah. of the East Coast. But anyway, so Mike is on fire right now as we're recording this. That's cool. Um, I didn't deal with uh, and what and uh, I wanted to mention one work story. Like I didn't deal with this lady personally, uh, but I wanted to share it because it's a total mega Karen story. So I was with uh, you know I was up at the register. I was at work. It was like a few days ago, and I was helping a guest and my manager. Uh, he was helping this other guest and this lady was getting really belligerent, like really, you know, visibly frustrated and angry. And here is what she was angry about. She was angry that my manager couldn't just ring up a particular thing of paint at the lower clearance price that one other thing of paint was. Because she assumed that because they are the same brand of paint that they are going to have the same price but they have a different skew they have different skews and there are different you know colors of paint and she thought this different color of paint and this different type of paint that had a completely different skew than the one that had a clear the clearance sale on it should be clearanced and my manager of course was doing the right thing but no I'm sorry I you know it, it, it has a different skew and whatever and she was just getting in his face. She was just telling him, bring it up. 
bring it up. Like, I was like, what, what is this, a stick up? Is she fucking, you know, I, I thought she was going to pull out a fucking gun and be like, ring it up. Ring it up now. <laughs> and give me all your money. <laughs> Jeez. Um. So she's like, ring it up. And then she's all asking for his name. Like, what's your name? And of course, she did the whole thing. Like, can I, can I speak to your manager? What's your name? Uh, uh, and he's like, says his name, and then she's like, okay, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, report you to corporate, and da 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 da. And I was just, I felt so bad for him. And he, this isn't the first time he's dealt with these mega Karens lately. He seems to like attract them <laughs> like flies lately. And that's like, that's like one of the worst powers imaginable. <laughs> like, imagine your power, your ability your, is just to attract fucking Karens. Like, that's the worst, one of the worst powers you could possibly have. Now, if you could control those Karens and use them to your advantage, then that would be one thing. But he doesn't have that ability. He just attracts them, and they chew him out. And one of them even called him, uh, uh, they, she said that he had the personality of a flea. What? <laughs> yeah, because it was this elderly gal who didn't take this item these items uh to the store to return them until long after uh we had reopened it was after the the time that these items were available to be able to return for full price and some of them were just completely clearanced out and she didn't understand that and she wanted to get you know the full price and we're <laughs> like we can't do that and she was doing the whole, like, well, I'm never coming back here again. And you have the personality of a flea. And then, you know, just completely fucking, you know, stormed out. And, and the other gal, she stormed out, too. And here's the other thing. The last thing this gal says to my manager, the one, you know, the crazy paint lady, she says, Trump 2020. Oh, my God. Like, like. What what is that? What I know. It's like anytime someone gives you a hard time, it's because it's because they're not a Trump supporter. I don't know what is that. I don't understand that. Does she think that if Trump wins again, that she'll get her uh, paints uh, clearance price at all times? That's like uh, that's a, that's like those people who randomly would say Baba Booey in interviews because for the Howard <laughs> yes. Stern thing or whatever. That's yeah. what like the Trump twenty twenty thing has become. Uh-huh. It's shit's even I I'm, I play this online game and like one time someone in, in on my team said, um, well his screen name was uh, Biden, uh, mm-hmm. Kamala or whatever her name is, yeah. and um, Kamala Harris, an, yeah, and the, another guy on the team said Trump twenty twenty and the Biden team member guy like literally team killed our own member because he said that it's like jesus christ dude with the fucking (laughs) politics man yeah anyway i I didn't expect it i didn't i didn't expect it to turn into a political thing at all like that was so surprising and i'm here rolling my eyes on the other end The, the the customer i'm helping while this is all going down she's like shaking her head and just be like what the lady the lady should have ended on a wu-tang clan ain't nothing to fuck with what she should have said when she was leaving like if it was me she'd probably look at my associate of the month badge and be like how the hell did you get associate of the month yeah man you know the sad Uh, sad thing is is like when it comes to um you know uh just 
I, I think I'm gonna be that old lady when I get older. Like I feel the <laughs> I feel it like starting. Sometimes I get really cranky with people and it's not even their fault. Like I went into Office Depot the other day looking for a graphics card for my computer. Uh-huh. And um I asked one of those Did you get a NVIDIA? Uh, yeah, I ended up getting it, but um, I, it wasn't. I didn't get it there. I asked the one of the mm-hmm. clerks. I was like, "Do you guys sell graphics cards?" And he's like, "No." And then I, I like walk away, and I, I'm saying, "Yeah, of course you don't, because you know this isn't a computer store or anything, you know." And yeah. I said, I, I had like my Karen hair flip in that moment, because um, I mean they they used to sell <laughs> fucking graphics cards like a year ago, not even, and now. It's like, I don't remember ever seeing them sell graphics cards. At least my Office Max or my Office Depot. No, they, they used to. Computers. They used to sell. They they sell literally everything else for computers there. How are you not going to sell a fucking graphics card? It's just stupid. They might. They might. Well, it's probably because of the the manufacturer and 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 you know they didn't have very high sales at that at those stores. So. Yeah, it's probably true. Yeah, you know, there's always a reason for that. Like uh, the lady though was being unreasonable. Uh, if you went in even further with that, then you would also be. <laughs> I know. I just, I just kind of walked out annoyed. Um, I think so that happens. To me some w- people, I don't think there's gonna be a lot of people who are gonna sympathize you with you on that one. Like, oh, they didn't have that. Oh no, uh, I, okay. I wasn't looking for sympathy. Just said I was openly admitting yeah. that I was like being an asshole. <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah, and I think I was hungry and frustrated too. Oh yeah, I know. Like when you get hungry, <laughs> I am. I'm not myself. Then no, I need a Snickers. It's not a Snickers because I don't. You know, it's a turkey sandwich. Like, yeah, well, dude, you'd be like, "Hey, Josh, you're not yourself. Here's the turkey sandwich." Speaking <laughs> of how, like how I'm doing, and then we'll go into the the main podcast here. Uh, I'll keep it really short. I I had one of the most disappointing fucking turkey sandwiches. Not even an oh, hour no. ago. Yeah, it was fucking depressing. I got it from Larry's Giant Subs, and mm-hmm. that place is so fucking hit and miss, but they've been miss the last few times. First of all, they put two, and I count them, two slices of turkey on the fucking sandwich. How the That's hell How the hell are you going to taste any meat? What is this, fucking Subway all of a sudden with your stinginess when it comes to the meat? Yeah, I mean, two, tur- two slices is the thing you do when you buy your own lunch meat and you're doing it to save money yeah they like, don't expect that from a restaurant yeah it was and, and and like it was that turkey where like the slices had a lot of that marbling like oh, from like you know, uh the the i, I probably got it from the gristle uh, or, or some store or something like that it was a pre-packaged it was a lower quality meat than that they uh, yeah. it, it just had a lot of gristle in it and, and it was like like it, it Turkey is supposed to be like when you bite through it, it's like just you know butter. You know, it's it mm-hmm. does, it's not. There's not any like you know tendons or any th- things that are going to keep it from yeah. being rough and chewy. It's supposed to be this at really... least for at least for slices of turkey. Yeah, slices like of turkey. If, if we're yeah. just talking about like turkey itself, you know, off the bone. Right. Well, that's different. But different. I'm talking about like yeah, normal turkey. This turkey mm-hmm. was like. Like chewy and rubbery, it, dude. It was just fucking awful. I, I couldn't believe how bad it was because I've had such great, wow. great sandwiches from there before. And I think, I think that's it for me on the Larry's Giant Subs. I don't think I'm going there anymore. And and anyone who listens to this podcast knows how much I love fucking turkey sandwiches. I don't like eating them. I like fucking them because I just said how much I fucking <laughs> love turkey sandwiches. Speaking of of, of fucking sandwiches, uh, have you seen uh, what we do in the shadows? I've not. Okay, that that one has a has a 
that has a quote about fucking sandwiches that is honestly pretty hilarious so yeah it's 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 a hit and miss comedy about vampires but it's it's got some uh it's got some moments that's for sure yeah, but that was that was my day. It was very depressing, and I'm slightly hungover. So you just rest assured. When are you not slightly hungover I know. lately? Just rest assured, knowing that uh, I am. Oh, I'm I'm waiting for someone to reach out and like offer me help because I've just been all these throwing out all these cries for help yeah. over the weeks, and no one has. It's sad. Um, no, I think it boils down to the fact that I've just been out of work and I just I just get fucking bored. I'm just hanging out at my house by myself and and I just get bored. So mm-hmm. I just want to go out and do something and have fun. And I don't know. I think once all my shit goes back to normal, I won't be this going is, out as much. This is the quote from what we do in the shadows. They're talking about you know drinking virgin blood, and uh, the, it's two vampires talking to each other. One's like. His name is Deacon. He's like, I think we drink virgin blood because it sounds cool. And then Vladislav, who is like this, uh, he's he's more like the Bram Stoker's Dracula before he had the poofy hair and whatever, and the older guy. He's like, I think of it like this. If you're going to eat a sandwich, you would just enjoy it more if you knew no one had fucked it. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, that was, that's a fun quote from that movie. So, uh, you got any any more stories about your bar travels or anything um, like that? Or well, I got I have two gigs now. That I've co- one's coming back Wednesday. It's going to be a new. All my gigs that are coming back are new. None of my none of my old gigs I think are ever coming back. And, and like one of the restaurants closed. Oh, yeah, one of the restaurants closed down that I ran trivia at. So that one's obviously not coming back. Well, were you expecting that? Was that kind of like one where you're like not surprised? That I, it I'm not, down? I, dude. After they took so long uh, to get things finally, I mean, things still still aren't even opened up all the way, and it, it's just like I just knew, I just fucking knew. It's like I'm probably not going to get any of my old gigs back, but that's fine because where there's destruction. A flower can grow through the ashes, and it, it it could probably, you know, I might end up getting a better situation than what it was before. It just sucks having your whole life kind of turned upside down as far as your routine that you're in and what you're comfortable with and used to and all that, but, you know, it is what it is, so, you know. I did read a very comforting thing on Yahoo News today that said that studies are showing that people who have had coronavirus uh are, are also potentially uh developing these uh heart uh heart problems like swollen hearts like oh great yeah so so there's a pos and it's saying even months after the person is healed it can come it can creep up on them so yeah i could i could potentially have some kind of a heart uh complication because i had coronavirus so that's nice that's nice to know and of course, since the news is so fucking negative, they're not going to try to minimize it in any way and say, oh, well, only 2% of the people who had coronavirus virus will get this. No, no, they're saying, oh, it's an alarming number of people that could have this, actually. And in every, we're do, we don't want to cause undue alarm, but we feel everyone should needs to know. And it's like, well, you, you're causing undue alarm by saying that uh, if you had coronavirus, you could potentially drop dead of a heart attack. I mean, that's what all these outlets are implying. So that's comforting to know. And and so like one of the articles was saying uh if you've had coronavirus like don't exercise for the next 3 months and I'm like what the fuck man? I exercise like 
three or four times a week. It's really important to my routine, and I've been doing it this mm-hmm. whole time, and I've been fine. But shit, now apparently I could just drop dead from it. So, I mean, I think I'm probably fine because like I'm not exhibiting any like symptoms yeah. of any heart problems. I'm not having. Tri- I think it, 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 it also might depend on the age. Are they even mentioning? Oh no, that? they're saying because... yeah, young people like chill. It affected a child. I think a child died from it recently. Fuck. A 29 year old was hospitalized because of her heart. Damn. Yeah, because yeah. apparently... Right, keep an eye on it, man. Yeah, it's just fucking great. <laughs> I almost want to, like, go into the doctor and, you know, get my heart checked out and be like, yo, is my shit all right? I mean, it's been about two months since I've had the coronavirus. Can you imagine just going to the doctor and just be like, yo, is my shit all right, man? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm like, straight. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool. Yeah, it's all good. Um, <laughs> no, it's been about two months since I had it, and I've been... F- fucking perfectly uh, i've been feeling that perfectly would either fine. be the best or the worst doctor ever <laughs> yeah i'm assuming that would be the same doctor that would that, that i could just go in there and be like yeah doc my back kind of hurts you got anything that could uh help me out with that and then i get like a prescription for like 90 oxycontins <laughs> pill mill doctor um all right so anyway yeah that's that's pretty much everything that i got going on aside from dancing with ghosts we're writing a new Writing a new album, I think I might have already mentioned that. We're pretty deep in the process. In fact, after I get done doing this podcast, I'm going to continue to work on that. We've got, uh, shit, we've probably got about like seven songs done. We have five, uh, five more to go. Um, so, there you go. Um, but anyway, we're going to be talking about one Unsolved Mysteries case this week because we have a lot of and other this shit. this is one of the forbidden cases from the vault. Das ist eine verboten episode, ja? I don't know why, because this was a pretty uh, well-known case. Uh, maybe it was a legal thing or whatever. Book was uh, But it's been it. featured on uh, Cold Case Files, Forensic Files, The New Detectives. So, this is the case of Amy Willard. Now, 22-year-old Amy Willard was a star lacrosse player at George Mason University. She had received a full athletic scholarship from there. By her junior year, she was ranked among the top 25 female lacrosse players in the United States. According to her mother, Gail, she always enjoyed playing lacrosse, and it didn't matter to her if they won or not. Uh, In June of 1996, she returned to her home in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania for the summer. She enrolled in classes at a local school. On the night of June 19th, Amy met with friends at Smokey Joe's Tavern, a well-known college hangout. I don't know, that's not the name you think of when you think of a college hangout, right? But just depends on where the college is, right? Yeah, that sounds like some redneck-ass joint that uh, I, I like a cover band would have to play at just to pay their dues. <laughs> well, or, you or know. You guys, or you guys <laughs> wind up playing at oh, yeah, like, one, like, one, one night. When we were booking our tour back before fucking COVID ruined everybody's lives, uh-huh. uh, there would be places like that, like in, in Iowa and in like mm-hmm. Indiana. There'd just be like, yeah, it's it would sound like a shit sh- a shit shack. But then when you look at the reviews, it got like f- four or five star reviews. So mm-hmm. you know, yeah, some places just have these weird names where like it sounds like it'd be super redneck, but it's actually pretty cool. Yeah. So apparently this is one of those places. So Smokey Joe's Tavern is a well-known college hangout in Wayne, Pennsylvania, just outside of Philadelphia. She stayed for about three hours and drank less than one beer. Her friends reported that she left between 1.30 and 1.40 a.m. 
and at 2 or 3 a.m., her car was discovered by off-duty paramedics. It was parked on the shoulder of a highway transition road. The engine was running, the headlights were on, the radio was playing, and the driver's side door was left open. Um, off-duty paramedics. So did they just get off the clock, and then they, you know, saw the car, and they decided to actually call it in? Instead of like just driving by past it and you know saying fuck it, I'm oh, tired I think they're day. I think they're already like just like super warmed up in paramedic yeah. mode. They're like, well, I mean, we just already like transferred all these people to the hospital. Fuck it, let's mm-hmm. you know, let's let, you know, I, I'm all warmed up to be a paramedic right now. So let and, me report and honestly, this. Honestly, yeah, some of you know being a paramedic is uh, a really hard, tough job uh, in terms of. Uh, numerous different things and and a big part of it is the mindset and also just staying up so fucking late and working and just constantly you know doing all of that uh, a great example of of how chaotic that can be is, is a film called uh, bringing out the dead which I, I i highly recommend to any of our listeners have you i don't think you've seen that one mike what am, the f- am i right what the fuck do you think of course, yeah. I don't yeah, even know yeah. why you ask anymore. I really don't. <laughs> I really don't know why you ask. I thought that might have been one you might have seen because, you know, paramedics and... Oh, because you know how much I love paramedics. Directed by Martin Scorsese. Ever since I was a little boy, Nick- all I ever wanted Nicholas to be Cage was a paramedic. Is- <laughs> no, I mean, you know, I, I don't know. You don't know anything about me, Mike. <laughs> the 200 fucking episodes. You don't know the first thing about me. Oh, sorry. It's a Martin Scorsese film, but um, Nicholas Cage is in it. He spells his name any- weird. Scorsese's. Yeah. So anyway, uh, these off-duty paramedics, they decided to uh, check things out and uh, called it in. Uh, Amy was not at her car, but fresh blood stains nearby suggested that she was assaulted and abducted. An investigation revealed more blood on the right side of the car and a guardrail. A palm print was also found on the car. Tire tracks were tire tracks were found next to it. And at 10 a.m., the authorities located her underwear and tennis shoes at the top of a nearby entrance ramp. Yeah, not a good sign. No. Typically not. At daylight, the search had expanded to include helicopters, canine units, units, and a group of volunteers. As the search for Amy continued, a witness came forward saying that he had driven on the ramp the previous night and he had seen her car. Her body was found that afternoon by children playing in a vacant lot in Philadelphia. Oh, man. That's the kind of shit that would scar those kids for life. Yeah. Um, I, I'm so glad I never saw any of that shit as a kid. Like, that would have that, that would have not sat well with my child. Like, I, I was already, like, I had way too much of an overactive imagination as it was, so I, I really don't need to be seeing dead bodies as a kid or now for that matter so she had been dumped about 20 miles from where her car was found an autopsy determined that she had died of blunt force trauma authorities later uh, learned that the witness who had seen her car had worked just five blocks from where her body was found as a result investigators began to focus more on him Initially, the witness cooperated with the police. Then the police searched his car, and they found handcuffs and a flashlight normally used by police officers. When authorities searched his home, they found more police paraphernalia, 
along with a magazine that could be used to order police equipment. Authorities then learned that he had been previously charged with impersonating a police officer. Things really start to get interesting here with the whole uh, guy who found the car who, I guess, likes impersonating a cop. Yeah, I don't know if I would have, like, come forward and, you know, volunteered all that information. That guy is, like, uh, maybe he had one of those, like, egos where he wanted to get uh, caught or he wanted to, like, rub it in police's face that, like, you know, I'm the killer and I was right under your nose and you didn't even know it was me. Or I've been doing this. I've been imitating you guys. I've been doing your job better than you've been doing or whatever, yeah. you know. But I, 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 I'm just curious to why he is so gung-ho and so into impersonating police. Like, what is he doing with this? Is this a fetish? Is this something that he does in order to get these women or... Oh, I mean, it's like those uh, same weirdos with the, with the whole stolen valor thing, you know, who impor- yeah. impersonate uh, military personnel. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, they, yeah, it's just, I, I think they're, they have it's an ego trip, it's a severe mental defect that you would ever want to do anything like that. At least in terms of impersonating, you know, a, a military man or, or, or police officer. Um, but I used to get off on what, I mean, not sexually, but I used to like really get a kick <laughs> out of, uh watching those stolen valor uh people confronted videos on youtube uh-huh. where like the actual military guy walks up he's like hey buddy why you uh got your boots on blast like that you normally don't do that unless you're blah 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 and you know uh where's this patch from like what what theater did you serve in that's or whatever nice. that's good and the guy's like that's oh good. well i uh blah blah and he's like he's like oh that's not possible because that's blah blah, blah. And he's like just literally just calling these guys nice. out in every way and, just, and he's like, yeah, you know what you're doing is called stolen valor. It's fucking illegal, right? He's like, I earned the, those, uh, you know, those stripes. You, you know, you didn't like take that shit off right now. And sometimes they do. Like they'll literally, yeah, that's great. Like take off all, all like the uniform and everything. Like I, I don't know why those videos appeal to me so much. Uh, but well, I can see why. A lot of it's it's just seeing it's the satisfaction of seeing these people caught red-handed, yeah. and having to deal with it. Yeah, I guess the immediate justice. It's kind of like, have you seen that show? It was like, uh, uh, what would happen or something like that. I'm trying to remember if that's the name of it or not. Was it, what? it was like a hidden camera show where you would have like scenarios that are enacted by actors in in live uh, places, you know, in places with uh, um, people who were just going about doing their thing or in a restaurant or whatever, and they have have actors like bully somebody and then you would record what people's reaction would be. Yeah. Um, I don't really like shows like that where people are getting kind of pr- like good, decent, normal people are like getting pranked. Like, I'm- well, no, they're not really getting pranked. It's not a prank show. It's a show that, that actually teaches some, you know, good lessons and you have, and the, and then the guy, the host always comes in and gets involved before things get out of hand. And he's like, oh no 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 no, you know it, it's this is the show, blah 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 blah. Eh. blah. But you know, you reacted, you know, really well. Oh, I think I remember the. Sh- I, yeah. I think I remember what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Some episodes are funny because of how cringy the acting is and the situation that they create, and that's kind of why I don't mind watching that show sometimes. Is because of like, you're like, come on, like. <laughs> 
<laughs> that doesn't happen. <laughs> oh God! Talk about some cringy ass acting. I've been watching. Uh, Scientology has a YouTube channel, and I've been wa- oh. I've been watching their uh, their videos where they try to explain like they basically do these short videos that are like reenactments of like Scientology uh, kind of philosophy, like how to handle conflict and. The the actors will just be oh my god it's just like the corniest acting ever but I love it like I highly suggest going to the Scientology YouTube channel and looking at the awful acting in some of these uh, videos that they have I might do a I might actually do a YouTube video on that now that I think about it get the so, get the Church of Scientology uh, it's the after me it's the 200th episode and you know it, everything is still the same you still have the ta- the tangents yes wild and, and, ass and tangents like that. that go nowhere. <laughs> so anyway uh her body was found by children playing in a vacant lot in philadelphia she had been dumped about 20 miles from where her car was found an autopsy determined that she had died of blunt force trauma authorities later learned that the witness who had seen her car uh they interviewed that guy and uh they found that he's impersonating a police officer uh but without warning this guy stopped cooperating with the police and he hired a lawyer and then he changed his entire story, claiming that he had never been on the ramp that night. That's not suspicious at all. Right. Well, he incriminated himself and he realized he yeah. fucked up. And so now he's trying to, you know, backpedal. But doesn't that make it even worse in this particular instance? It's all about what they can prove. It's not about how it looks. Huh. Got a point. Although he remains a suspect, police do not have any evidence that links him to the murder. Meanwhile, a second witness came forward to say that he was on the highway transition road on the night of Amy's murder. He was an off-duty Pennsylvania state trooper who has since resigned. He claimed to have seen both Amy's car and a police officer parked in a squad car behind it. He briefly spoke with the officer and then drove away. Authorities claimed that he was in a different location at the time, but he insisted he saw a squad car behind Amy's that night. Well... That's interesting, because that could have been the impersonator. Yeah, that's true. A lot of these impersonators, they have police cars. They don't just drive around in their, you know, regular car, and then come out and be, like, all dressed up like a police officer. (laughs) Yeah, sorry about the car, uh... You know, mine's in the shop right now, so I'm using this uh, Dodge Durango as my uh, cruiser. But anyway, uh, license and registration, please. You know some dumbasses would fucking buy that shit. Yeah, well, I mean... They'd be like, okay, all right, officer. Well, there was that one episode (laughs) on Unsolved Mysteries where um, the the jealous jealous ex-lover, he literally just bought, like, a a police light and put it in his dashboard. Oh, yeah, that one. And lit, lit him up, and then when he walked up to the window, it was him, and he, like, shot the boyfriend and gra- like kidnapped yeah. the girl so yeah that was that was nuts so uh a week after uh Amy's murder a local police officer came forward to say that he was at her car that night however he said that he did not see the state trooper instead he saw that the off-duty uh, paramedic was parked behind her car authorities spoke with the paramedic and said that he did not speak with the police officer that night the police officer later admitted to lying to the police, and he has since resigned and agreed to cooperate with the investigation. 
uh, wow, why would you lie to the police if you're a police officer? Yeah, there's a lot of sketchiness in this uh, in this segment, for sure. Authorities now consider all three men, the police impersonator, the off-duty state trooper, and the police officer, possible suspects. <laughs> like, so, so much police fuckery going on here. Yeah. <laughs> like... Can you imagine, like, the authorities, like, interviewing these guys, and then they realize, like, how sketchy it is, and they're just shaking their head and just face-palming, and just be like, uh. <laughs> So many losers in this city. Um, so, they note that each one inserted himself into the investigation for no apparent reason. Also, circumstantial evidence appears to tie them to Amy's life and or death. The police impersonator worked near the area where her body was found. The state trooper lived a block away from where she and Gail lived. Finally, the police officer was known to frequent the hospital where Gail worked. To date, authorities do not have enough evidence to charge anyone, uh, either the police impersonator, the off-duty state trooper, or the police officer, in Amy's death. However, authorities believe that whoever abducted Amy approached her under the guise of of authority. Her family does not believe that she would stop for anyone other than a police officer or an authority figure. Gail believes that she realized something something was wrong and tried to flee. Her assailant then struck her in the head and took her elsewhere to dump her body. And her mother's interviewed, and she was saying that, I hope it was quick. And that was really... Jesus Christ. Yeah, that was really Awful. rough. Where she's talked about, I just I just hope it was quick, and, it and you know, it happened quickly. What a, and, what a tragedy, a like, having to live with, like... Yeah. Like, that's, like, the reality that you have to deal with. Like, yeah, my daughter died, and my only thing I can hope for is that it was a quick death. God. Hellacious. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, What do you think about the reenactment in this segment? This is, like, from, uh, I think, the ninth season or something like that. It didn't really stick out that much to me. Yeah. uh, The one thing I thought was interesting was the slow-mo intro. Like, the introduction of the segment is all in slow motion. It has this creepy music in the background. So it did a decent job creating, you know, a nice mood and atmosphere. But then as the episode continued, like it didn't really maintain that. It was, it was fine. Yeah. But it wasn't anything. <laughs> it was fine. <laughs> it wasn't anything, you know, particularly amazing. It wasn't up there with some of the earlier seasons in terms of, you know, the mood and atmosphere, the lighting or the editing or anything like that. This was, I think, this is season nine, so I think this might have been one of the last CBS seasons, maybe. I was just watching the Missing Time segment, because uh, after I got done watching the uh, a- Amy Willard one, I just like, oh, fuck mm-hmm. it, I'll watch some more before the podcast starts, and Missing mm-hmm. Missing Time came up, and I, <laughs> the the reenactments in that one are, re- are just so good. It really yes. It really brings you into, like, what happened. I couldn't imagine them trying to do a current... Uh, case of missing time now i feel like they would just fuck it up with their fear of doing any kind of reenactments mm-hmm. now yep so authorities are still hoping that when hoping that witnesses will come forward to help identify amy's killer uh she was last seen alive at smoky joe's tavern her car was found on the transition road blah body blah and the night of her murder she was wearing cocky shorts a white t-shirt with a sunflower design and white ankle socks now, this actually does have an update. It was solved. In December of 1997, 38-year-old Arthur Jerome Bomar Jr. was arrested and charged with the rape, kidnapping, and murder of Amy. Interestingly, he was not one of the suspects originally suspected in her case. Police were led to him after a 19-year-old woman reported an attempted carjacking to police. 
She claimed the man followed her from the local nightclub and purposely, purposefully struck the back of her car. He tried to get her to pull over, but she refused. As he drove off, she wrote down his license plate number. Smart. The vehicle was registered to Bomar. I don't know if I would even, in that kind of scenario, like how quickly and how things are going so crazy so fast, I don't know if I would think of writing down the license plate, right? Would you? Like, no, I would most, just be like, no, what the hell? Most people like, wouldn't, and that's why this particular lady is is very resourceful and very, you know, like, mm-hmm. good for her. Like, like that's that was really resourceful on her part to have to have the yeah. foresight to do that. So the vehicle was registered to Bomar. 20 years earlier, mm-hmm. in 1978, he had been convicted of second-degree murder in Nevada and was sentenced to life in prison. The victim was a woman who was killed in a parking lot. For unknown reasons, he was released on parole after serving just 11 years. What do you mean, unknown reasons? How the fuck was he released after being sentenced to life in prison? Yeah, that's what pisses you off about this show is when you find out shit like that. If he was never released, Amy would still be alive. Yeah, I hate, I hate, I hate it when they, when they have shit like that. Someone who, like, commits murder, and it's like, they've since served their time and have been released. It's like, wait, what, what, why? The person's still dead, though. How is that fair? Yeah, and it's not like, because there are cases where it's clearly first degree, and they get released, and you're like, how did that happen? But they're like, but they still, oh, the only way we could charge them, because we didn't have enough evidence to charge them for first degree murder, is accidental manslaughter. Yeah, true. But then you're like, that wasn't accidental manslaughter. <laughs> but anyway, uh, he had a history of problems with the law, including assaults on several young women. What a stand-up guy. In 1990, he had been charged with the attempted murder of a woman named Teresa Thompson. However, he was released after she died of a drug overdose in 1991. He was also connected to the rape of a Philadelphia college student. Authorities learned that on the day that Amy vanished, police saw, uh, Philadelphia police had pulled Bomar over for questioning on an unrelated matter. He was stopped just six blocks from where her body her body was later found. Police went to interview him about the case, but they couldn't find him. However, a few, few days later, he was arrested after trying to break into a woman's apartment. In his pocket was a set of keys for a Honda. He had put his license plate on the vehicle. Disturbingly, it was discovered that the Honda belonged to 25-year-old Maria Cabuenos, who had vanished three months earlier. It was believed that she had been abducted on Route 476, the same route where Amy had vanished. Dried blood was found in the trunk of her car. Both bumpers were like slightly scraped, like Amy's car. Bomar became the prime suspect in both cases. Bomar's alibi that he was uh, at a birthday party that on the night of Amy's murder. However, his fi- fiance said that he was at Smokey Joe's Tavern that night. They located the Ford Escort that he was driving that particular night, and there was slight damage to the front bumper, and its tires matched the impressions found near Amy's car. Furthermore, police found blood on the door, and DNA testing determined that it was Amy's. Finally, underneath the car, they noticed an oil pan, which had a pattern that matched a strange burn mark that was found on Amy's upper body. How the hell did that burn mark get on her? Did he burn her with a hot oil pan? Why are you asking me? I don't know. 
Is that, you know, that's, but that's normal for this podcast, as well as the awkward silence after a moment like that. Yeah. Well, duh. So, <laughs> Bomar's DNA matched semen found in Amy's body. Authorities believe that he noticed her at Smokey Joe's and followed her along Route 46, Route 476. They believe that he purposely hit the back of her car. Damage was found on it, which supported this theory. When they got out to exchange information, he struck her with a tire iron and abducted her. Before his trial, police found Maria Cabueno's skeletal remains in nearby Bucks County. Like Amy, she had also died of blunt force trauma. He was convicted of Amy's murder and sentenced to death by lethal injection. At his sentencing, he flipped the bird at Gail and told her to fuck herself and her two kids. Oh my god. Shove the needle in him already at that point. Good lord. Yeah. He remains on death row, and he was never actually charged in Maria Cabueno's case. What a piece of shit. To be like, fuck you and your kids. All right, bye, buddy. You will no longer exist now. And if there's a hell, you're going to it. Yep. For sure. Well, that was uh, that was very uplifting. Um, <laughs> all right, guys. So now what we're going to do, we haven't done this in a while. We're going to read our one-star reviews on iTunes. Um, you know, as, as some of you have probably figured out by now, this podcast is kind of in its own little stream of the true crime river uh, where we go at our own pace. We go off topic. We do a lot of shit that normal listeners of true crime podcasts really don't like. Um, and they leave uh, a lot of complaints about that. And they let us know how much they don't like it. And I've just stopped giving a fuck. Me and Micah both stopped giving a fuck a long time ago about, you know, what people have to say anymore. I don't care if this podcast gets to one star on iTunes. We have our fucking people who like what we do. Yeah. And that's all that matters. And they and they like what we do uh, for how this podcast is constructed, and and that's I, I think there's a lot of people who give us one star reviews who have some expectation that is unrealistic because that's not what our podcast is. So if you don't like this format, fine, but uh, it's I I wouldn't say it's necessarily uh bad just because we have a different format it's just a format that you don't particularly care for yeah and go ahead leave your fucking review and you don't like us and that's fine whatever we have our audience and and we're not going to change things because uh, it just wouldn't be as much fun no we tried i mean we tried not swearing there was like a time i couldn't tell you which episodes it was at least a a year or two ago where we tried like not swearing as much where we cut down on the chit chat or uh white collars and you know (laughs) yeah Ties it just didn't feel natural. It didn't feel natural though at any given point. You know, it didn't feel right. So you know, we just now we just do what we do, and I don't care if anyone likes it or not. I mean, unless the fuck em. unless the listener <laughs> no, unless the no, listenership no. just starts plummeting like dramatically, then I might be like, all right, well, I don't I don't want to like only talk to a room full of ten people here, so maybe we need to, you know. But that hasn't happened. Um, so no, you know. All right, so the first review is called Amateurs. These are all one stars by... By the Brudder Man. The Brudder Man, which is funny because that was the nickname that I gave to my friend Brian back in high school. I called him Brudder. Uh, maybe it's Brian. Yeah, I, well, I thought about that. <laughs> like, And he would call himself 
the broader man. Um, so maybe he's just fucking with you. It's just a one star review. That's just Brian just fucking. With you. But the thing is, is like me and Brian like barely even talk anymore. So that would be a really weird like fuck with moment uh, if if that's what he was doing. But he 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 got the name because he couldn't say th like he couldn't make his th sounds. Oh, so if he tried to say Earth, it would sound different? Yeah, so it would be like Erd and Mutter, Brudder, Fodder. Um, he, I don't think it was a speech impediment per se. I just think he had just a really gunky voice. But the review says, hosts are uninformed and egotistical. Uh, those are both accurate assessments of me. I don't know about Mike. Uh, you know, uninformed... Yeah, maybe in comparison to some other podcasts who like have the time to like do like a ton of fucking research. But I mean, I don't think we're like super uninformed to the point where like not informed at all about what we're talking about. Um I mean, for especially when we're talking about the whole uh vibe and the mood of <laughs> of unsolved mysteries when we're talking about the segments and, you know, those kind of things about the show. Um, egotistical, somewhat, I mean, but it's our podcast, so, you know, what, what's the problem with us talking about ourselves every now and then? Yeah, I mean, and people seem to have a vested interest in it, so, you know. Yeah, I don't, I don't think we've ever had a moment where we're like, we're right and you're wrong, like, our, my opinion is on a pedestal above everyone else's when it comes to unsolved mystery yeah and i, I don't think cases. people understand either like uh, going back to what you were saying how like people don't understand what they're signing up for when they listen to our podcast this isn't a podcast where we're trying to inform you about cases uh police files and like dig in deeper and get to the mystery no this is a podcast where we're discussing the show unsolved mysteries so when it comes to being knowledge knowledgeable about the show unsolved mysteries i would say we are informed but when we start yeah. delving into the cases and we start just flying by the seat of our pants with the stuff we say sometimes, yeah, well, we're uninformed about that, but we're, that, this isn't a, a show about discussing those cases specifically. It's about Unsolved Mysteries discussing the cases and our take on the show and the reenactment. At least when we can. Yeah, when Some we can. Some of the cases, you know, are not covered in Unsolved Mysteries. Yeah. So Every now and then we'll, not, we'll yeah. stray and we'll talk about a documentary or something. We should do that again sometime soon because it's been yeah, a while since we've I mean, done that. There are some uh, wild, wild country. I know it's a lot, but it's it's good. I've seen, I have really seen it. I've, I've seen it. I just don't remember a lot of it. The Rajneesh or whatever the fuck. Yeah. Uh, weirdo, drug addict, uh, charlatan. <laughs> uh, All right, Mike, you got the uh, next one. Wake me up. Before you go, uh, this go. Is, this is by Froger207. I almost thought it said Folgers207. Um, wake me up when the hosts are finished talking about themselves. I get so tired of, of, about these, of these men prattling on about very little. I completely lose interest before they get to their topic. If there is one. Bye guys. Hair flip. All right, fine. Yep. Bye. That's another one that essentially the main complaint on all these before I even read them. I am already pr prattling. I'm There's a word we haven't heard. Yeah. Prattling in a long time just prattle on yeah just just by virtue of you using that word prattle sir i'm assuming that you're used to listening to a polished like npr level uh, uh drama and that is we we are not we are 
we are stream of consciousness and then we get into talking about unsolved mysteries um and you know sometimes interesting things happen to me that i feel other people would like to fucking hear about i don't know what what everyone's deal is uh, acting like human beings don't like listening to other human beings like yeah, that especially talk about you know what other human beings do in their lives yeah like that is a very popular category on youtube it's called vlogging and some of the biggest Uh youtubers are vloggers who talk about themselves so i don't know why i just said that like david miscavige (laughs) (laughs) i swear david is like becoming like a A part of he is personality he is of you like the split personality of josh all right, the next review is titled Blah, Blah, Blah by G43EDC. 30 minutes in and still not on the subject. Curse, curse, couldn't listen. Yeah, well, yeah, we talk about... Well, you can go to hell, hell, hell. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. Well, you can go fuck, uh, fuck, off, off. <laughs> Yeah, more people that don't like to chit chat. This one is this next one is by CFC supporter, whatever the fuck that means. They ramble too much. The banter is exhausting ninety nine percent of the time. Just get to the mystery. I'm surprised they didn't put a damn it at the end. Just get to the mystery, damn it. Yep, again, they don't like the chit chat. Next one is titled takes way too long to get to the point jesus these are all the same no but the name i'm cracking up at the name bubble bubble freedom 30 minute into and talk about why you hate the subject just wasted my time never again well maybe you should listen to a podcast on like grammar or like english (laughs) because you could really you could really uh benefit from that Maybe she's the one that's writing those uh, new uh, synopsises of the new Unsolved Mysteries. Yeah, episodes. for real. Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, the next one is, uh, I, I don't know when we should stop, because when was the last time we did this? I mean, we haven't, I don't think we've done it in all of 2020, so. Okay. So, uh, Rebecca VF, this is from 2019, uh, she says, hmm... I don't know if there's any value in the host acting like two cool DJs while they discuss murder victims. And the one guy promoting his band? This just seems like too casual for the subject matter. This is the worst of murdertainment. Very, very disrespectful. I don't even see that one. Well, whatever. Um, What do you feel about the two cool DJs and having a problem promoting your band and us being too casual for I'm, uh, murdertainment? Which I find that ironic because that that's a term that they're using uh, unironically, murdertainment. Right, that's a very... Like, that's one of the most casual things you could think of. It's just entertainment, but with murder in front of it instead of enter. That's that's not exactly a uh, respectful way to refer to people's tragedies as murdertainment. Like, I mean, it's like you're sitting here accusing us of being too casual and you're going to take the tragedies of a bunch of different people and not only uh, do a play on words, but you're also going to shoehorn the word entertainment into it, meaning that you get joy out of uh, or some kind of pleasure out of hearing about this shit. Um, yes, I guess it gets to the point where, uh, at least with us, we do a a casual approach because, 
I mean, it would just be really depressing. And and I think, and I think in some ways our casual approach, we're not trying to be disrespectful to any of these murder victims or missing persons or anyone in this show, except for people who are like real scumbags and pieces of shit, then yes, we are being disrespectful. Um, should we be respectful to those people? The frauds or the charlatans? No, I don't think so. Or or the murderers or rapists and shit like that. Um, but I think it's just one of those things where some people, I think they have been raised or they've been taught that like you just don't take this stuff uh not seriously like you have to always take it seriously all the time otherwise you're being disrespectful but to me disrespectful is like something you actively do and i think you can kind of do it maybe without thinking things through that well and i think there have been some episodes early on especially where we kind of might have towed the line or crossed the line in some ways but i think i think we've gotten a lot better at at, at you know, being more respectful. I mean, because for instance, we even talked about in this case of Amy Willard, like how rough that would be to, you know, lose someone and lose your your daughter or your son. And, and then to have that, one of the main things that are popping in your head is like, I hope they died quick. I mean, you know, the amount of times that Mike has literally said the phrase when e- even when I was watching this or reading about this, I got choked up. The amount of times that you've said yeah. that on here, it's like, you know, go yeah. go fuck off with all that two cat. <laughs> you know, it's like, go fuck yourself. You know, you you, 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 did, you listened to like one episode, like 20 minutes in and you're just you just made up your mind. I swear what we're that's all about. what most people do. That's what most people do with our podcast, these reviews. It's just one episode. Yeah. Or like not even a full episode. And you've made up but your mind of like who we are as people. We're we're try we're tryhards. We are apparently doing some DJ voice where we're trying to act like too cool. Be like, hey, how about you stop being disrespectful to us? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just I'm just I'm just messing around. Uh all right, the next one that I see is um Unprofessional by William1230. This is a worst true crime styled podcast. What is this? The talking over each other and not letting their points come out all the way. Not good. Okay. He obviously started in the early. Like, I hate. Yeah. See, the thing about our podcast, I hate it when people start at the beginning. I totally understand, like, why people want to do that because they want to they start off from the beginning and then work their way up. I wish what people would do when they, and for any of our listeners out there that want to turn people onto our podcast, tell them to start with our most recent and work your way back. That's the be- yeah. that's the best way to do it because we've gotten a yeah. lot better. At, like Mike, yes, he was infamous for interrupting me back in the I day. I still do that 200 episodes. In. Yeah, but you not nearly <laughs> as much though. And the, the times you do, I just edit it out so people don't hear it as much. <laughs> so as far as you guys know, Mike's just as bad as he's ever been, but you don't hear it in the final edit. But um, yeah, this guy clearly started at the beginning where we were still kind of mm-hmm. um, getting used to each other and, and how, how, you know, now whenever I... I feel Mike, uh, uh, when he gets on a tangent, I feel a tangent coming on with him. And so I literally just lay back and let him power on like a train. And I don't try to like interrupt him because when he starts talking, you really can't interrupt him until he gets all his thoughts out. And then you can kind of chime in. 
Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of what you get if you uh, work with somebody for so long. Uh, I do some of the, a similar thing when you go on your tangent. Yeah, probably. You know? yeah. So I'm just like, uh, the next one is from KDB three nine seven. Um, half of them is talking about BS. Some emoji. I, is it a bag of shit? I, I don't know what that fucking emoji. I don't is. see any emoji. The other trying to do advertisements. Like what? Half of it is us trying to do advert. Like. like that's that's barely. We've had even... one advertisement per episode at any given time. If if we even have a fucking advert, well, if you count the Himalaya yeah. as an advertisement, and then sometimes we'd have an advertisement yeah. mid mid roll or whatever. Like get over your. There's so dude, go listen to the fucking Joe Rogan podcast. The whole, the first like fifteen minutes is like nothing but advertisements. Watch any YouTube video right now without ad blocker. You're gonna get way more advertisements. Oh yeah. If you like hearing the host talk for a solid 30 minutes before getting into the material, then this may be your show. And if you like bad jokes and lack of research or facts, this could also be your show. Yeah, accurate. Accurate. Yeah, and then the same and the same thing also with these critics, and I feel this way about people who criticize my uh YouTube reviews. Uh a lot of them they don't do they don't do they don't do any of this themselves. <laughs> so for all we know, they would be probably they would be even worse. Yeah, at doing a podcast or making uh, YouTube videos. Okay, I guess this is the last one we'll do. No, okay. Um, because I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I don't want to repeat. What wasted, wasted. Yeah, energy. wasted energy by Kier Lojo, and I'm. I definitely am calling these people out. I don't give a fuck. I'm calling out their usernames because I want them to know. Uh, the podcast wherein two disrespectful guys who think they're funny talk about unexplained mysteries and completely disregard the fact that in many cases they're talking about actual humans. It seems like these insensitive, compassionless guys just want to record themselves so they can hear their own voices. I came to all of these conclusions after listening to them talk about the Adam Hecht case. They completely missed the point of most of what was going on in Adam Hecht's life at the time of his death because they were blindly blinded by overwhelming anger at the financial status of Heck, possibly due to their own insecurities? Question mark. Both of these guys might want to think of taking time and energy that they spend each week to make this podcast and use it instead to become better human oh. beings. Ouch! Oh. I'm gonna need some al- wow. I'm gonna need some aloe after that burn. Cutting cutting us hard there. Um I think at that episode we did mention, you know, some of the other things about maybe he was going on, going through some things or whatever. But we were talking about the financial situation because we that was something that we thought was worth talking about. And with Adam Hecht in particular, we just don't get it. Like, why would you go out and throw all that away and hang out with a fucking homeless guy that you there's no way you could actually trust this guy? I don't remember what I said in that episode. Um I don't remember exactly what I said either, but like I, I you can't blame us for zeroing in on his financial status. I mean, I I feel like Adam Hecht was probably, you know, he probably wanted to see what the real world was like outside of his Yeah, I, we just saying that, I I I honestly remember us mentioning that kind of stuff. He wanted to see what the real world was like. Yeah, and like and so he wanted to like, you know, put his ear to the street and see what's going on in the outside of his gilded, you know, tennis lesson giving community. And so he started hanging out with this, you know, 
dude who basically saw Adam as someone who was just a mark that was easily taken advantage of and who was taken advantage of and probably murdered uh, and yep. had shit, you know, like his money stolen from him or something. I don't remember, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that she's saying that we were being disrespectful. I don't remember what I said. And I, I mean, I don't have a problem with people who make a lot or who are rich or who are born into wealth. No, I mean, we don't either. I, you know, I mean, I don't. Um, but I guess we were just kind of like, why? I think that's a lot of it. We were just like, why? And like, and you have I mean, all of this if you're gonna, and blah, 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 and if you're gonna bring up, that's a normal reaction. If you're gonna bring up the whole like uh, the fact that in many cases we forget that we're talking about actual humans, I think you should tell the lady Ooh. who used the term murdertainment uh, that I think you should <laughs> yeah. tell her tell that lady that statement because she's the one who seems to take. Uh, people getting murdered and add the word entertainment at the end of it, uh, not uh, realizing that they are actual human beings who are getting yeah. murdered. So, um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um, I wanted to throw in one last one because it's short and, and the comparison I thought was hilarious. So, okay. This is from Sammy Stew. He says, So close. I want to like this show. I really do. But I, and I'm so close to loving it. But one of the hosts needs to stop shouting into his mic or move it back or something. I feel like I'm listening to Alex Jones. Oh, that's an old one. We've already read that one. Yeah, I know. I know. But I, I still thought that was funny. Yeah. Just comparing us to Alex Jones. Um, I wish I could do an Alex Jones. I'm, I'm not like fat enough and close enough to having a heart attack to do an Alex Jones impression. That dude sounds like he's going to have a heart attack any second. Um, the whole thing where he's talking about, they make the frogs gay. <laughs> <God. You know? laughs> but yeah, and, and just before anyone starts to think that like nobody likes us, this is we literally were skipping through five star reviews yeah, left and right. Most of these, most of these are really, really full of really kind. Because yeah, just really nice super stories. kind ones. But I, you know, come on, you guys like the drama more than the positivity. I mean, that's just human nature. I mean, look at the Josh Flower Diaries. Exactly. I mean, for the 52 one stars we have, there's 125 people who think we're a five star podcast. Yeah. So, and, and then, weirdly, there's like 18 people who think we're four star, 13 who think we're three star. I don't understand three star review. I understand those the least because they're basically eh, saying I can get it. Maybe they're like they're okay. They're fine. Yeah, they're they're, ba- right. they're like eh, you know, they're all right. Well, then why even leave a review with that? Yeah, I don't. I don't get it. Okay, but anyway. So I hope you enjoyed that segment. Next, we're going to move on to uh, the questions that you out there had for miss myself and Michelle. And um, per usual, we'll go. I'm sorry for like for you and Miss. Yeah, for you and Miss Brown. Uh, Mike is getting a sex change. That's another big ing- announcement. Oh, my God. Uh, so, yeah, Crazy. we'll just go back and forth here. Um, well, I'll start it off here. Uh, by the way, you could have left a question for us by either liking our, our Facebook page fan page which is uncovering unexplained mysteries or joining our facebook fan group which by the responses it is overwhelmingly the the place you want to be is our group instead of just liking the page and of course our page is uncovered our, our group is well, speaking of facebook uh before we get into this like what do you think about the new facebook layout well let me tell them what how to find the group and then i'll get to that yeah, exactly go go All to right. uh the search <laughs> bar type in uncovering unexplained mysteries and then go to groups and you should see our fucking page we have like two thousand members yeah. at this point the new layout um i don't think i've gotten it yet because stephanie was complaining about the other day uh i have a windows 7 so i don't i don't think i uh you'll probably still wind up getting it it's a, it's a it's a facebook wide deal so there, there's a certain date that it's gonna, you know, 
be on everybody's Facebook. I'm starting to get used to it. I don't, I don't mind the dark option. That's, that's, that's easier on my eyes. Um, but I don't like all the open space and all this other shit is way too overly complicated. And uh, uh. Well, I think it was clearly invented more for people who use Facebook on mobile. Well, yeah, they're they're definitely trying to eliminate uh, the difference between Facebook on desktop and Facebook on mobile. They're trying to make it one unified look. And I fucking hate that because it just I I don't know. I feel like the desktop experience to me is just never going to be rivaled Uh, a bit. A nice big screen. Oh, it's great. The words are bigger. You have a full-size keyboard you can type with. You have a fucking mouse. I don't have to use my goddamn finger for everything. I mean, it's fine when I'm on the go to not have to have a keyboard and mouse and just be able to use your finger. That's great. But uh, I will never, you know, I will never just have my cell phone as my quote-unquote computer. Like, I will always have a fucking desktop. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, me neither. Which sucks that they're they're changing the layout because I I think the layout's fine. I I I don't no. It's a mystery why so many of these uh, popular uh, social media sites do these changes, uh, and some of them are just completely unnecessary uh, aesthetic changes. Yeah, that make things I mean, worse. It's almost like like with YouTube, like YouTube has just become so less personalized over the years. Like you can, re- it's really hard to personalize your YouTube channel. Like in the past, you used to be able to make it your own. And now, like, other than the banner, that's that's really all that you can do I th- on YouTube. I think a lot of these social media websites are just so deathly afraid of, of the MySpace effect happening to them. So I think that's why they, they, they want their website to have this professional, un- un- like, universal look to it. Yeah. Because, like, MySpace back in the day, you'd go to someone's page and it would just be this nightmarish <laughs> HTML, <laughs> like, uh, explosion of... And Robert Stack for life of, gif, of gifs <laughs> and auto playing music and dancing bananas scrolling I'm down just, the screen. I'm just imagining somebody's unsolved mysteries uh, fucking MySpace page with like I love Robert Stack. Just blaring the unsolved mysteries theme at ungodly decibels, <laughs> blow like clipped clipped ass shitty audio and yeah. So I think a lot of companies are like we definitely don't want to give people too much control. Because yeah. some people make okay. make it look really cool, but then uh, most people don't know how like what they're doing when it comes to designing, mm. you know. So yeah. I don't know. So anyway, let's get into these All questions. Right. The first one is from Rob Wynn. Josh, have you ever looked into the conspiracy theory about the the uh, about the CIA killed John Lennon for his anti war activism? No, I have not looked into that theory. Um, I haven't either. You know, I mean, you didn't ask me, but you know, I, I, I haven't looked into that either. I do know that the band Rage Against the Machine, which was very political, their lead singer Dak, Zach De La Rocha was talking about how he had like black SUVs following him and shit towards the end of the band's career, and that he did kind of feel like, you know, the the government was kind of watching him and trying to mm. intimidate him. So I don't think it, I definitely don't think it's outside the realm of possibility. Uh, my theory on that, I think that's a, that's a pretty big stretch. I think with John Lennon, that was, that was just a really crazy stalker fan. That's what that was. I mean, I think the CIA could have been keeping that. tabs on him, but I don't think, yes. I don't think they would have hired him to be. No, you know, I don't killed. think they hired him to do that. I think he did that on his own. 
I mean, the guy was just fucking crazy. There's so many more, like, outspoken people than John Lennon when it came to, like, mm-hmm. anti-war and shit like that who never, you know, got knocked off. So, I mean, mm-hmm. you know. So the next one is from Eddie. Good old Eddie, the designer uh, yes. of the of the cartoon of our new shirt. The designer extraordinaire. Good old excellent Eddie. Uh, have either of you seen a cryptoid, a ghost, a crime scene, a, or a UFO? He says, I saw a UFO almost two months ago. Oh. I would like to hear um, more from Eddie about that, to be honest. Um, I've talked about how I saw shadow people when I was living in Oklahoma City, creeping at me from behind the couch. Uh, that, that's really all that I can think of. I, I can mention this story that when I was a kid, because I was so into the unexplained and, and that kind of stuff and UFOs, I'd read all these books about UFOs and watch sightings and unsolved mysteries and all this stuff. Uh, apparently, I don't remember this, but apparently anytime I would see something in the sky, I'd be like, it's a UFO. And then my, my stepdad and my mom would have to be like, no, Mike, it's just, it's it's a plane. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Mr. Future Podcaster of, of Unsolved Mysteries back there, <laughs> pointing out UFOs. Yeah, yeah. I, I had this UFO paranoia when I was younger. I didn't want to see one when I was a kid. I, it would have terrified mm-hmm. me to see one. Um, now I think it'd be cool. I've never seen a ghost. I've never seen a UFO. Never seen a cryptid or a cryptoid. Um, I live in Jacksonville, Florida, and Duval County, so I've seen several, several, several crime scenes. Uh, never a murder scene or anything like that where there's like blood all over the walls or anything. I've never seen that, thank God, because I really don't want to see that. But uh, yeah. Uh, the next question. I don't think I've seen a crime scene. Uh, well, you before. live in a uh, like... hippie ass Pacific Northwest, so of course you haven't seen. I, I, no, I mean I've seen I've seen some police tape around places, but I, I don't think I've ever actually seen a crime scene. I mean, the the closest I've come to anything crime related is like when somebody stole my wallet or when I was pulled over by a cop on a bike because I matched a description. <laughs> God damn. Yeah. What's what's and, like and a, I showed him my ID and then he and then I, and then I was like he checked my backpack and I'm like I got there's I just do you want to see the receipt? Like I, I just came from a pawn shop and bought some VHS tapes, man. Like I don't <laughs> That was in Oklahoma City as well. I haven't had anything like that in in Vancouver. I'm surprised the cop wasn't like VHS tapes. That's suspicious, and we're gonna bring you in. <laughs> People haven't watched these in like 20 years. What the fuck are you doing buying these? I bet they're full of cocaine. And you're like, no, that's Phantasmagoria Volume Through Two. Don't break that open. <laughs> oh man. All right. So the next question comes from Chris Fincham. I believe he's in England. Uh, for Josh, your favorite dad joke of Mike's, and for Mike, your favorite impression or accent of Josh's. Uh, my favorite, my favorite dad joke of Mike's is when he is able to uh, take something that I say and, um, like, just in such a corny way, segue it into like the episode that we're talking about <laughs> or the thing we're talking yeah. about. Well, speaking yeah. of seg or speaking of socks, we're going to, you know, <laughs> I don't know. We're going to talk about the orange sock murders. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> like those are my favorite uh dad joke moments uh for Mike or 
or when he just says something that's just so completely something like my 55-year-old uncle would say. Uh, I can't think of anything uh, off the top of my head, but uh, those two things yeah. uh, bring they spark joy. <laughs> Uh, my favorite impression is when he does Bill and, uh, when he does um, Beavis and Butthead. I, I almost said Bill and Ted because I'm in a Bill and Ted mode mentally because I've been watching like constantly just Bill and Ted. Like just... that movie sucked. <laughs> Garbage. Bill and Ted suck. <laughs> yeah, me and Beavis should do a movie. <laughs> that would be cool. <laughs> yeah, I, I could be like the star of the of the movie or get chicks finally. Shut up, Beavis. You would never get any chicks. They would be into way more into me. Butt munch. Yeah, sorry. It's off the top of my head there. <clears throat> yeah, he does. A, he does a really good uh, Beavis and Butthead. He also does a good uh, David Miscavige, of course, and Moon Pie Mike Morris. Oh yeah. Uh, how about David Miscavige versus Moon Pie Mike Morris? Oh my God. D- David, I, if I told you once, I told you a million times. I don't know why you keep trying to get me to convert to Scientology. Well, Mike, I can tell you right now that with our OT levels, we will get you from Moon Pie Face to Excelsior Face with L. Ron Hubbard technology. You can excel up the bridge so fast, you will reach stratospheric levels of excellence, all thanks to the technology of our founder, LRH. Uh, uh, that's, that's great, David. I gotta, I gotta go. I gotta bury my wife in the backyard, and I gotta buy some more banana-flavored moon pies. There you go. <laughs> Mike Morris and David Miscavige. Nice. For you there. nice. Off the top of my head, too, so... That's honestly really impressive. I thought you did a great job. Nice improv. Thank you. So uh, the next one is from Danielle Sampson Lemke. Lamke. I know how to say. Lamke. I know how to say it now because she uh, uh, she won some contest a while ago and she corrected me. So both of you gents have been very candid with your interests, talents, and propensities aside from the podcast. But do either of you have any hidden talents or lesser known obsessions that you're comfortable with sharing? Um. I get, I, um, Jesus, do I want to say that? (laughs) (laughs) I get my rocks off Um, this way. No. Obsessions or lesser known talents, hidden talents. Mm -hmm. I'm really good at a pogo stick. Like I can, I can, I can bounce up and I can get some height on it and I have really good balance on it. Like I'm like a motherfucker on a pogo stick. I think I could, I think I could go down a set of stairs. I think I have before. I just have the balance for it. I don't know what it is. It's just really mm-hmm. easy for me, um, and it's really fun. I never would have thought that yeah. at all. So that is definitely a hidden talent. Mine's not as cool. Um, I've already pretty. I pretty much have been open about a lot of things. Pretty much everything that I that I'm into. Um, I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast before. I probably have. I mean, it's 200 episodes. <laughs> it's four years of, of doing the podcast. I don't remember off the top of my head, but uh, I, I was actually surprisingly good at dodgeball oh, in high school. Oh my god! <laughs> I could see you just scurrying away and being good at that. Just scurry, uh, it, scurry. It's because it's because I was really good at catching the ball. Oh, like I was. That's a. I was just. That's a cool. insanely good at catching it. Um, my reflexes were quick enough, and this is high school dodgeball where they're not throwing like the big rubber balls. So that was the other part of it. 
because uh, they change things where they're throwing the the softer like foam balls or whatever what? that are a little smaller. That can't sting if it gets slammed at you. No, that's the whole point. But it it made it a lot fu- more fun. It definitely did. Uh, that was a big moment for me in terms of breaking out of my shell in high school because uh, on the first day I caught like five or six dodgeballs, one in each hand one time. Damn, which is honestly kind of badass. And I would just continually just have this crazy ability to catch these dodgeballs. And I would irritate the fuck out of this senior football player named Rob. He would just be like so pissed at me because I would catch his ball and he'd have to go out. And this fucking nerdy kid, you know, he was just like fucking fucking nerd, you know. And then uh, there's this one time where I actually got him out by throwing the ball. It was the weakest, like crappiest throw it did a dive bomb and just hit the top of it, top of his toe. <laughs> and you know, Rob was fighting with the 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 teacher or whatever. It was like it didn't hit me, and then he's like, "I saw it. It hit your toe. You're out." He's like, "Fuck!" Damn. <laughs> you, me, after school flagpole. <laughs> um, but uh, what happened was, I you know, I I, I wound up getting football players and other people on my side in that in the in dodgeball and and you know who were my fellow juniors and so that really prevented me from really getting bullied for the rest of high school nice because i had that moment in that dodgeball class it even ended like a fucking movie like the last day of dodgeball you know i i i was actually picked i was starting to get like that day i was picked fairly early like i was starting to get picked early because I was just so good at catching the ball. Like, people were calling me the Catchinator and other shit like that. <laughs> That's awesome. And uh, there's a nickname because of the jersey that I was wearing. My mom got me. It, it said hoops on it because I was, I was also into playing basketball. And, uh, you know, shooting hoops and stuff like that. And it really... I, I know some people are like, this is just made up. Like, there's no way it actually happened this way. But no, it actually did. So... I was uh, on one team, and uh, Rob was on the other, and it was Rob and three other guys and against me. Like, I was the last one remaining on my team. And, you know, I beat the odds, dodged their balls, caught some, got people in. Then the other guys that I got in, they found a way to get the other guys out. Guy threw a ball at me, I bounced it in the air, and... And uh, uh, one of my teammates caught it, and uh, we won. And they actually, you know, and, and even All my right, Mike, we got a lot of I questions was... to go through, man. You're gonna yeah. trap this show. I know, I know, I know. But it was, it was just, it was just so, so cool. That, in terms that's of awesome. Like, you know, a cinematic. Kind I think of that's a new name. story, a, a new uh, chapter of, of of your life that we we have not actually heard about. So even though it was cut short because we have so much more shit to go through, that's that was still no, cool. no, it's fine. It's understandable. Um, uh, one last thing about that. Uh, another t- hidden talent I am. I'm really good at fucking. All right, moving on to the next one. Ons Legend. <laughs> fucking things up. Um, well, on this podcast, yes. Ons Legend, he <laughs> says, how much longer do you guys plan on producing those goat episodes? Now, Mike, do you know what goat means? Greatest of Ah, time. well, you're hipper than I thought. I did not know what the fuck. Some young person, damn young person, back when I had my trivia in like early 2020, she's like, she was like, I, like I think eighteen or something. She's like, "Oh, that that was uh, that was goat or something." And I'm like, "What?" Mm-hmm. And, and like literally, it, it it was like a revelation to me that goat is greatest of all time. Like it, 
all the chicks who work there who are like in their early 20s or late teens uh-huh. like i asked all or they think the hostess asked all of them hey you, do you know what goat means and they're like greatest of all time i'm like jesus i'm fucking old so yeah anyway um he said how, mu- how much longer do you guys plan on producing those greatest of all time episodes i need some more josh teenage stories laughing my fucking ass off um yeah man as long as we keep uh, as long as we uh as long as we keep, uh, as long, yeah. As long as we have internet, yeah. Uh, as long as we have power, as long as we have the ability to keep doing these, and you know, we're only in 2005 in the Josh Flower Diaries. I wrote in that bitch all the way <laughs> until like 2014. So there's a lot more of that. If you like that, there's a lot more where that came from. All right, moving on to yes, the other one. <laughs> moving on to Andrew. Uh, so the next one is Andrew Dodge. He says, what's the first thing you'll do when you two, Josh and Mike, finally meet in person? Uh, are you guys still just casual fans on Unsolved Mysteries? Who do you think is the guiltiest person featured on the original episodes and new episodes? Uh, and then he asked me a question directly. What is the worst incarnation of RoboCop? And Josh, what is the worst Mega Man game? A lot of good ones so, here. A million questions. Let's do it rapid so, fire. Uh, what's the first thing uh, that we'll do? When we meet, uh, I would slap Mike's ass <laughs> because for real. Because there's we've an, been talking about that in messages. You know? <laughs> this is a, this is something that people don't the uh, the public the, they don't get this little gem. But anytime I ask Mike to send me his audio for his half of the podcast, he'll send it to me, and then I'll say "good game," and then in asterisks I put "slaps ass," and he never responds <laughs> to it. And I know it probably makes him uncomfortable on some level. That's why I like doing it. And so uh, I, I, I might actually. Sl- so he's gonna play a game of slap. Yeah, yeah, pretty um, much. Um, it uh, depends on I, what I would, it depends on what city we were in. If we were in Mike City, I would think it'd be cool if he showed me like the like the VHS places he goes to, or like his favorite yeah. pawn shop or what the, you know, the well the shops. shit the shit yeah. he likes to do, you know. And if he came here, yeah. then I'd take him to karaoke yeah. and um, you know whatever. Yeah, so it'd be fun. Um, Speaking of slap ass, have you seen the Key and Peele sketch with with the slap ass thing? Nope. That's oh, it's hilarious. You should check that out for sure. I think you definitely get a kick out of it because of the whole in joke that we have. Um, yeah, I, I the same really. I would be like, hey, do you want to go uh, on a little bit of a road trip? Check out some of these places. Blah de blah de blah. Um, I would love one of my one of the things I've been wanting to do is go to Scarecrow Video in Seattle, and so I'd love to go on a road trip <clears throat> with with uh, with Josh and you know hang out in Seattle. Like once things calm down, Seattle's fucking crazy right now. So yeah, uh, damn. <laughs> and of course now, now COVID you're making me like want to seriously consider doing that. I just hate flying so much. I gotta get over. <laughs> gotta get over my I mean, fear yeah. of flying. Yeah, it would it would be a lot of fun. I'd, I'd take some time off from work, and then you know we'd hang out and do. We'd even try to do a podcast. Uh, live. Oh, for sure, Maybe in the same video, in the same room. Try to do a video cast for once yeah. for the first time in fucking forever. That would that would that would really be cool. Man, you're telling me the the cases are crazy. I'm looking at your the new cases. No, I'm not saying the cases are crazy. I'm talking about the riots. Oh, the, the riots. Oh, I thought you meant coronavirus because I was stuff. like, Seattle or no, Washington that's, is that's freakishly low. That, yeah. No, I'm talking about the other. Oh, okay. Yeah, that, issues oh, that, that are going. Uh, on. That's still going on in uh, Seattle. Well, it's not. It's not as bad, but you know, it's. I just don't. 
you know they're still kind of picking up picking up the pieces over there so I, I don't yeah really probably best to just that. stay the fuck away for right now <laughs> uh then he asks are you guys still just casual fans of unsolved oh, Mysteries? that's a reference that's a reference to the uh a dig somebody uh, uh gave us in a one-star review yeah right? don't listen to these casual fans or whatever yeah we're totally just casual <laughs> fans i don't have robert stack indelibly marked on my body for the rest of my life because it's you know i'm just a casual fan I, I i'm not a guy who got involved with a you know a guy who creates uh, uh blu-rays and got him to do an unsolved mysteries a completely unsanctioned unsolved mysteries box set yeah, it's totally. Casual. Yeah, and for legal and for legal reasons, Mike is literally saying he did not do that. So no, I did not. I yeah, didn't. So calm the fuck down. That did not John happen. and Terry. <laughs> Who do you think is the guiltiest person featured on the original episodes? Uh, for me, Mike Rizzo from the Backyard Bones segment. Yes, I, I would. I would probably a hundred percent. Even the even on the commentary on that episode, the producers of that the director of that particular episode, they were even talking amongst themselves like, God, this guy was so guilty. And you could tell he was so uncomfortable between uh-huh. between interviews. He was sweating and all this. And you can it totally yeah. comes across in the interview. I, I would say in terms of guiltiest people that are not featured on the Unsolved Mysteries, the older guy from McMillions. Who was talking about how he found the the winning ticket in a magazine. Oh yeah. And he was just dripping with sweat on camera. I mean, that was the guiltiest person I could think of. What about the what, what about uh, West Memphis 3? Who who Oh that too. Who seemed who seemed like the guiltiest on that one? Ah, the the stepdad? He didn't seem guilty to me at all. I thought uh my uh was it Mike Byers? Well, buyers at, uh, initially at points, but there was some other stuff with the stepdad that, you know, but that's just me. Mike Byers was just so over the top. I don't know, man. Yeah. Well, rest in peace. No, I don't I don't know, know if I'd go that far. I don't, I, what? That guy? I didn't really like him. No, the the Mark Byers, the, what, the, the guy who was over the top and, you know, became one of their... Burn, uh, Damien, burn! Yeah, but he became one of the, one of their biggest supporters he was just such a fucking dumbass like, like yeah. just you know i don't know he was a character yeah, he, was, he was a character I, he made good I, I i don't made for good tv yeah, i don't hate him that's for sure i definitely you know may rest in peace that's at least for me personally. uh who seemed the most guiltiest um, on the new episodes of unsolved mysteries i'm thinking in <laughs> uh the the ride home episode um the friend of uh what was the guy's name the kid who was uh murdered at the party um, I mean, for me, I don't know if he was interviewed or not, but that he wasn't interviewed. The guy who declined to be interviewed uh, from the first no, episode. Okay, that's the rooftop one you're talking about. Yeah, the rooftop one. The guy who declined to be interviewed, who was supposedly his best friend. Uh-huh. Like, that's the guy that I think is the guiltiest. But he wasn't actually technically interviewed, but he was featured. Right. Well, uh, Alonzo Brooks. The Alonzo Brooks mm-hmm. case. His friend who... He it was really emotional. Yeah, I I don't think he did it by any means, but I think he knows more than what okay. than what he's saying. So, all right. So he asks, uh, "What is the worst incarnation of RoboCop to me? TV and movies? Uh, RoboCop three w- was is a really bad movie, but I have a soft spot for that in my heart because it's the first time I was ever introduced to the character. That being said, it's embarrassing." Don't count on it, chum. 
It's 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 fucking awful. Um, Robocop Prime Directives, the Canadian made <laughs> uh, miniseries, is pretty bad too. With fucking midget Robocop, Robo Midget, played by Paige Fletcher, who was great in the show The Hitchhiker, but he's way too short for the role. And then a fucking guy who looks like a reject from uh, a crappy '90s uh, superhero show, Bone Machine, is stupid. Uh, and 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 uh, African American Robo Robocop who has black armor and carries around a giant hammer for some fucking reason. <laughs> Prime Directives is bad, but it's not even on the same level of shit as Robocop, uh, w which is what I give the title to the uh, remake. To the remake, the 2014 film, uh, with Joel Kinnaman and his John Cena like acting and just. It's just shitty. PG-13 didn't learn from any of the mistakes of RoboCop 3, where they took away the balls of the franchise, made it, painted him black, because, yeah, that worked out so well in Prime Directives with a black RoboCop painted, you know, in terms of painted black. I think the um, only scene that was cool in that movie, because fucking surprisingly, I have seen that movie. Um, wow, have you seen the original? Oh yeah, of course I've seen the original. Yeah, that yeah. yeah, that one you could literally like strangle me through these headphones if I have not seen the original RoboCop. That's a, that's an amazing <laughs> movie. I don't think I like it as much as you do, but I do like it a lot. But yeah. the new one, the only scene I thought was cool was when he was like, "Get me out what of this! One Get me out of this thing!" Oh, and okay. they like they take his arms off and his legs and everything, and he's literally just like a, a head and a torso or something. Okay, I thought that was a pretty cool scene. Yeah, it was a decent uh, bit of practical effects, but lose the hand. I said total body prosthesis. <laughs> no, um, but yeah, why the fuck did he have one human hand? Like, what was that, his fapping hand? <laughs> like, what the fuck is that shit? <laughs> his fapping hand. Jesus. Um, but uh, yeah, Robocock is straight up fucking garbage. Lazy, uninspired. Even Michael Keaton can't save it. And I love Michael Keaton. Um... The action was forgettable. It had none of the pathos or or the impact of the 1987 film. The satire, what the hell was that? Just trying to do a crappy version of Fox News with uh, Samuel L. Jackson. And then the intro of the film was one of the most ridiculous intros I could think of. Fucking Sam Jackson going, ma, 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 because he's warming up his voice for his fucking Fox News show. God, that sounds awful. I don't remember. Thank Thankfully, my brain yeah. blocked out that part. Fucking embarrassing. And then the Wizard of Oz fucking <clears throat> references to Tin Man and then the fucking yodeling song with oh, you're Robocop uh, the, to be badass and Robocop uh, is shooting other robots and the song is just... It's not a bad song. It just doesn't fit at all. Yeah, you're talking about uh, Hocus Pocus by Focus. Yeah. Uh, the yodel lady, yodel lady, yodel lady, yodel lady, no bum bum. No, it does not fucking work. In, in, I in was very Robocop. surprised when I heard that song because I grew up listening to that song because my dad likes that band Focus. Uh-huh. And I yeah. thought it was a cool it was inter, it's an entertaining song. They do a lot of weird yeah. vocal things in that song that's kind of especially for a little kid. It's like fun to listen to. Yeah. Um but yeah, I heard that in the that scene. I was like this is a completely the wrong weird choice of music for this scene. And then you have like the villains, they're so lackluster and forgettable compared to the to the 1987 film. I mean, 
they had this guy who was supposed to be like Boddicker, but he has no personality. I don't even remember what the fuck his name even was. And like he gets killed like off screen by, and he's the guy who killed uh, uh, Joel Kinnaman's character, but he technically was still alive before they turned him into Robocop. Um, and it's also a prime example of showing more Robocop spending time with his family is not more effective than the approach that they did in the 1987 film. And the action is just way worse. And it really suffers from the lack of an R rating. And uh, Joel Kinnaman can't hold Peter Weller's jock strap. Um, <laughs> all right. All yeah. right. So next Fuck that so next we have Josh. What is the worst? He's, what is the worst Mega Man game? Um, I think I would have to go with Mega Man X7 on PlayStation 2. I was actually going to do a video review on why this game mm-hmm. sucks, so I have some notes that are already typed out. Um, I played this game during the beginning of the quarantine because I wanted to see what you know everyone was complaining about. And um, it was the first time that they're like, let's do Mega Man, let's do the Mega Man X franchise in 3D because Mega Man X is a video game that's, or Mega Man started out on the regular Nintendo back in the 80s. And it was, it's always been a 2D side-scrolling platform shooter, um, and I love it. It's one of my favorite games of all time. That's why he's bringing it up, because he knows he knows me. He really knows me. But uh, Mega Man X7 was the first game that they tried to do in 3D, and the, the game just does not work in 3D. They had this uh, weird uh, lock-on system, because it's because mm-hmm. when you're shooting in a three-dimensional plane and you don't have any ability to like aim specifically... It's it's goddamn near impossible because in 2D you can there's up up down you can jump up and shoot you you know there's left right up down but in three dimensions there's just like it's too hard to aim unless they give you some kind of ability to do that so to make up for that they gave you this uh, lock on system that if an enemy was even nearby you you your gun would automatically lock onto that enemy and they played the sound every time you would lock on to something and the sound never went away and you couldn't turn it off. So And and, and you're running into enemies all the time, so you constantly... That would get annoying. Is it like a concept? Is it like a ding? Yeah, something like that. Uh, Zero, who is a very popular character in the Mega Man X game, he absolutely sucks in the 3D environment because he doesn't have a gun. He has a saber. So you have to get a lot closer to enemies with him. Uh, Zero has these green tits in the game, like his, his, his uh, outfit has these like green so we had a sex change <laughs> he's got these like green spheres like it looks like he just has these really big green nipples like they're like bat nipples but like way worse he looks really stupid oh my god um the lock-on system that i was talking about is not reliable at all as you could imagine um the 3d makes it difficult to know exactly where everything is in relation to each other um i know i'm like really going in depth on this and no one cares Switching, sometimes the game would switch between 3D and 2.5D, and it's like re- really jarring when it would do that. It makes the game feel inconsistent. The boss battles are stupidly hard, um, and the 3D explosions and graphics in general are much less impressive than they were in 2D because it was still the PS2. And the bosses, oh my god, this is my last thing. The bosses have these phrases that they'll repeat. And they repeat them over and over through the battle. It's like, I'm going to get you. I'm going to beat you. With the like the worst voice acting oh. you've ever heard. And they keep saying oh. the same phrases through the whole battle. 
is like soak. I, I still might make a video on it. It's it's that bad. All right. Sounds like Sting for some reason. Like Sting, the musician is just. I'm gonna beat you. I don't know how you got Sting from that, but okay. I don't know. All right, but, moving yeah, on to Chris is... Rogers. Hey, Josh. Oh, Chris Rogers <laughs> is like the father. He's got. He is the father of, uh, or the professor of unsolved mysteries. He's Professor Rogers, uh, MD of unsolved. He knows everything about everything. That it, we wanted to get him on for this 200th episode, but I don't think he has the ability to. Uh, do like recording i could be wrong sorry chris if i'm wrong on that uh we can still get you on a later episode but he says hey josh could you do a cover of the piece of music heard during the missing persons roll call from october 25th 1989 preferably as close as possible to how it sounds in the segment chris i will take that challenge on and hopefully by the time i release this video that will be the opening for this episode so i will take that on and and try to faithfully replicate it as much as possible i think that'll be a fun challenge all right mike you got the next one Alrighty, so the next one is uh, by Adam Bowery. He says, one qu- question and possibly a case suggestion. What are your opinions slash thoughts about what went down with the Diotalov Pass incident? And I'm, I'm that sounds familiar to me. Have, haven't we covered that? Like, we did in cover a it. Really that was, early podcast. That was, that was the situation where they found all the, uh, I think they found a Russian campsite and all their mm-hmm. clothes and everything, but the people were completely missing. Yeah. Um, and then Tony underneath it says, you mean the avalanche. Uh, so I don't know. Maybe that's been debunked at this point. Like it wasn't just an avalanche or something. Mm-hmm. I, d- I don't, I don't, re- it's been so long since we covered it. Um, so I, yeah, I don't really have much of an opinion on it because I don't, can't really think of any it off the top of my head. And I know that was a pretty long podcast because it went through like a, cr- a pretty extensive Wikipedia yeah, page if I remember correctly. Up next, we have Richard Seeley. Do either of you have the desire to have kids? And what would Mini Josh and Mini Mike be like? Fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, my, yeah. Du- uh, double Mike's response for me. Uh, no, not right now. At least not right now. I'm not ready. I'm not mature enough. I don't even have my own place yet. Mm-hmm. I'm not even secure financially. That answers that question. Moving on. Um, I think, Mike, you got this one. Uh, have either of you researched the Elisa Tunney case, and what are your thoughts on it, if you have? This is Lauren. I went to high school with her. What's up, Lauren? I will be doing her wedding next month, which I'm super excited to do. Cool. Uh, no, I have not I have not researched that case. Uh, should we? I haven't like, either. Maybe we should. I don't know. Let us in. All right, so now we got one again from Adam Bauer. One more now that I think about it. Unsolved Mysteries and AMW, America's Most America's Wanted, Most did uh, profile the same cases a few times. Donald Webb, Rick Church, and William Peter Fisher among them. Was there an America's Most Wanted case that you wish Unsolved Mysteries would have covered? Although America's Most Wanted covering the case was breakthrough, I would have enjoyed seeing John's, John List's case done by UM. Mike is more of the... America's Most Wanted guy. It's been forever since I've seen America's Most Wanted, and I don't really know off the top of my head that many cases that were featured on it. Unlike Unsolved Mysteries, there really is... I don't even know if there is an America's Most Wanted wikia that has like details about who was covered on what show and when. Also, unlike Unsolved Mysteries, you can't even barely even find America's Most Wanted. For a show that lasted longer than Unsolved Mysteries, is one of the longest-running true crime shows on television caught so many criminals it's it's a fucking 
it's it's one of those films that I mean shows that it's puzzling, and and I had a, I had a multiple brain farts there because I still do not understand why this show is not available, why it's lost media, in in terms of the majority of the of the of the show. Um, uh, this sounds like something Film Rise could totally get and and put on Netflix or whatever and and it would do well um but also it might just be rights it might be just a rights thing it might be something to do with Fox or whatever and now with Disney owning Fox like who the fuck knows um but yeah I John List that's a good case so I I probably uh, uh go with that since you brought it up um, all right, up next, we got a question from Robert P. Thithoff. Who's more guilty, Sid Patel or Paul Paulus? Uh, Who are those again? Pa- pa- Paul Paulus came from the Charlotte Paulus um, episode, and that's the one where she vanished and he became a suspect um, the day before she was sick and he took her to the hospital. Doctors diagnosed her with an acute ear infection. That night, Paul's parents watched their two children after they returned home. Paul's parents left. Charlotte called her mother. They hung up at 1.25 a.m. This is the last time her mother spoke to her. At 8.50 a.m. on March 2nd, she called the house and Paul answered. He said that she was still asleep. Basically, a long period of time went by and then she disappeared and and he was very guilty i believe this was also the case where they wanted to check the shed in the back but it was like locked with a a bolt lock or whatever and he would not let them in there because he's like oh there's nothing you need to see in there it's not your business all right yeah that yeah okay yeah Yeah. that guy was pretty is that the guy who mentioned like a michael jordan reference or something or is it that was a different that was a different segment uh i'm not sure um that was i think that's a different segment yeah that yeah, he's, and I think he's confusing yeah. Sid Patel with Sam Patel, who was the yeah. g- guy in the Dolores Jeffries case. The uh, the older woman who was working for Patel, who uh, was trying to start this company, and she was like supposed to be like uh, one of the key Isn't members. It Joan Jeffries. Joan Jeffries. She's the one that. Yeah, Dolores Joan Jeffries. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, she ended up. She was found dead, and he was. <laughs> He said he made that weird statement in the segment where where because they were wanting to see the um, either the shirt he was wearing that night or the shoes Uh and he's yet to turn it over to him. And he's like being interviewed and he goes, if the police would ask me real nicely, if they could see the shirt, I would give them the shirt. But until then, I'm not going to do it. Did we cover this one? We did. We covered it fairly okay. recently too. Yeah, you bring you oh. bring up two very guilty ass. If I hadn't said um, Mike Rizzo, I definitely either one of these yeah, are both those two very those good two candidates. Really guilty. Yeah, I, I don't know who's more guilty. I mean, with with uh, Sam Patel, like it, that quote that you brought up, like that's like super guilty. Paul Polis, you had the whole thing with the shed. But it doesn't seem like he actually, it, it, you know, in terms of what I remember off the top of my head, in terms of things that he said in interviews, was like that obvious. Like you got a vibe, you, you kind of feel like, yeah, he could be for sure. But with Sid, I, I, you know, with Sam Patel, like from what I've can remember off the top of my head with these cases i i would say for me i would say sam patel's a little little more guilty 
Yeah. All right. Um, so we have Morgan. Good old Morgan. Been with us since she's been A1 since day one. Yes. Holding down the fort. Big props to you, Morgan, in Canada, Saskatoon. And I'm about to tell people your exact address. No, I'm just joking. Um, <laughs> but yeah. She's... So she says, if you could interview anyone from a UM segment, who would it be? She's like, it's Moonpie Morris, isn't it? And I'm like, not actually not for me. And you said anyone from a UM segment. So I don't really want to interview people from cases. I want to interview the effects guys who worked on these UFO episodes. Oh, nice. And ghost episodes. I want to interview them and see how they did some of this stuff <clears throat> and if they have any fun stories of working with the models or the CGI or, you know, I would what want it was to, like working as effects guys on the show. I would want to interview William Roll. Yes, he, nice. He was the resident go-to guy for anything paranormal. Mm -hmm. And I would just love to just sit down and just pick his brain on all things paranormal. The weird shit he's seen, yeah. the weirdest cases that, you know, maybe he can't talk about on Unsolved Mysteries. Um, I don't know. Like he, there's a lot of good choices of people that you that I could interview if if I was able to. But William Roll would be up there if he's still alive, which last I checked, he is. He's just old as fuck because he was old even back mm. in the show. So, yeah. um, all right. The next one is from Jamil Camp Campbell Pompey. He's been with us for a while. He asks, uh, would you ever consider a special live stream video podcast? We really should fucking stop being babies and do that. <laughs> uh, it's it's we want to do it. It's just more of a um, technological yeah uh, head head trip i guess there's got to yeah. be a way with zoom or something it's they, gonna be easier i think to do than what we were trying to yeah, do that one night yeah that was a fucking nightmare like it's got the, the technology i think has gotten better since then so i think that's definitely something that we or should twitch talk. or something like that or i'm thinking like zoom that you could probably yeah. youtube but then you'd have but to have us both on there is that's the challenge yeah, we'll we'll look into that. The thing is, though, what would it be a live podcast or would it be like just talking about? I think a live podcast something. could be fun and then interact with the people, the fans as they uh, listen yeah. to us. That'd be, the, um, that'd be cool. Richard Brown. He's next. He says, "Do you think uh, the UM Mysteries producers will ever see the light and bring in a host?" I agree with your choice, Josh. Keith Morrison. Yay. I've never seen him, but have heard his voice in the Dateline podcast, and he would be perfect. No. They won't bring in a host. Um, yeah, I think... Uh, I think that that it is it would be confusing to their brand. It's one of those things where... Their new brand, anyway. Yeah, their new brand. I think it's one of those things where you really take that gamble at the beginning of the whole thing. Like, all right, we're take you know, once we make this decision, we can't flip flop on it because it just makes it, it makes the first uh, few episodes look like, well, we made a mistake and, you know, we fucked up and now there's a host. So you shouldn't watch those first ones because they're inferior. Um I think if the show was like completely bombed or something, maybe they might try doing that. But from what I've heard, the the Netflix uh, show has gotten like really good ratings, so yeah, they're not well. they're not gonna fix something that isn't broken. No, 
They only started bringing in like Keely Shea Smith and uh, that other chick, Virginia Madsen. Virginia Madsen. They only started doing that when the ratings started going down and and they wanted to reach like a younger audience and shit, you know. But at first, like their ratings were really good and they didn't change anything because they didn't need to. I think Keith Morrison is a good choice, like if if uh, they decide to go that route, but they're not going to go that route. Yeah, I mean, because that would be totally different from any of the other true crime shows that are well known. Maybe they they, they might bring it. The only closest thing you could get to a host in this new Unsolved Mysteries is a narrator. That's it. Even if Keith narrated, that would make me happy. But see, the problem mm-hmm. is, is he's already left his mark on so many on like so many shows, yeah. like Dateline and all that. Like he's he's so. That's where it'd be kind of fun to see some different kind of voice. You know, that still has that gruff, uh, you know... Bob, a, Bobcat a, Goldthwait? No, no. <laughs> I, I, I'm not... It's not just because I'm a Robocop fan, but I, Peter Weller has a really nice voice for that kind of thing. So I think that would be... that would be you, You've been on that Peter Weller train ever since the beginning, man. Because I think he, he's just... He's kind of he's kind of a creepy guy anyway, and, you know... He's done narration for do- for history documentaries before. He voiced Batman in uh, the Dark Knight Returns comic uh, adaptation, the animated film. So, God, I think that I just looked up a picture of Peter Weller, and all I can hear is dun 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 Like he's about ready to kick some ass. Dead or alive, you're coming with me. <laughs> All right, the next one comes from Brian Bradley. He's also been with us for a while. He left and then he came back. So welcome back, Brian. Um, welcome back, Brian. He asked, when you boys put your pants on in the morning, do you zip then button or do you button and then zip? Wow. I I button and then zip. I zip then button. Because when I button, it it aligns the metal tangs of the zipper better then if I, it's a fat kid thing, I think, because when I was fat and my pants fit tight, uh-huh. if you zipped first, you would never make the zipper all the way up the pant because yeah. you're, you had to struggle to button it to begin with. So, yeah, yeah. I think it's just, that's a, that's a fun question. It's, that's just so random, but I like it. Um, yeah, uh, I, I, I zip them button but then there are times where i i do the opposite it's 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 just i don't really give a fuck to be honest it's just one of those things it's just like all right put the pants on oh okay all right just however i get them on i get them on and then i'm out the door there you go it also depends on the pant some pants are are you know it's easier to do it mike only only you could have turned this into more than a 30 second answer (laughs) but hey it's a new question at least it's not god what what case do you want to see solved no i'm just joking (laughs) Uh, that's kind of a uh, question we get asked a lot all right mystery of how to put on your pants in the morning no i'm just all right what's the next what's the next question mike uh any more cases from the early podcast episodes you two plan on revisiting and then uh, this is from Mario, by the way, Mario Rios. He's been following time, us for uh, a long time. Long time supporter, friend of mine as well. I knew him on YouTube before I even uh, started doing this podcast. Uh, he says, has Josh viewed any more movies lately? 
Early podcast episodes? I don't know. That's so long ago. It's ancient history. I'd have to look back at them. Uh, the I ones mean, that I really wanted to revisit like and do a better job with, I, I feel like I've already done. Like The Son of Sam. Yeah. Uh, we, we did, we did a redux on Allagash before, mm-hmm. and that's, I mean, that was, that was, that was good. I mean, that was like the only one that, um, kind of came to mind. I mean, unless like, if like a new development comes out maybe, but I mean, if you guys really want us to like redo, like if there's a case you, you're, yeah. you're dying for us to like redo, just let us know and we'll consider yeah, just let us know. We'll do talking it. about it again. I mean, I'll probably end up saying, um. You know, the same, the same thing I said the first time, but whatever. Um, uh, yeah, I actually told Mike off off air uh, a week or so ago. I actually did watch the movie Birdman with Michael Keaton recently, uh-huh. which was uh, kind of a critically acclaimed movie. Um, and, and I thought it was pretty good. Um, has uh, Ed, Ed, uh, is Edward Norton and Edward Norton, Michael Keaton. Yeah, and any movie... I think Naomi Watts? Is, is that who it is? I don't know. The hot chick? No, I think there's there's two different... Like I think Emma Stone... Isn't Emma Stone in that? Oh, Emma Stone's a hot chick. God, she's hot. And um, uh, I think Naomi Watts is the older... She's still pretty hot. But yeah, she's hot. Yeah, she's hot too. Different kind of hot. Um, so yeah, I saw that. Um, I... What was it? Um... As far as anything like particularly, I know new. you've seen some documentaries. I saw that one about that guy with the what is it, the Tread. bulldozer or whatever. Yeah, Tread. I don't consider biographies no. movies for me because they're like so documentaries. You don't consider documentaries movies? Not, not really. I mean, are they considered hmm. movies? I consider them movies. Well, if you consider that a movie, I've seen a shit ton of movies lately. <laughs> I mean, pretty much anything Netflix has. They're um, documentary films. Yeah, I guess so. Um, and a lot of them have cinematic techniques in them. Yeah. There but, are ones that are straight up have actors or, you know, and things like that. But yeah, Birdman is probably the most, you know, traditional sense of a movie. And then because he saw that, uh, I, I, he's been turned on to more uh, Michael Keaton. Movies. Yeah, no, I definitely want. And Mike gave me a list. I'm going to check those out. All right, the next cool. one's from Heidi Eastman. For Mike, what movie do you recommend that Josh has to see and why? Oof. Uh, there's so many. <laughs> uh, th- I thought of some music ones because I know you really like music, and you're. Uh, in it a doesn't lot of have ways, to be. More, I like. I like non. You're more of like. You're more of like a music buff than a film buff. So I thought you know there'd be some you know fun music kind of musical kind of things. Um, I, I I think you've seen these already, but if you haven't, like, it, have you seen uh, what is it, the fall of Western civilization or something like that? Part two, the metal years. Yeah, have you seen the others? Uh uh-uh. uh. So uh I'd recommend the others just to kind of complete the trilogy. Are they just as um, good as the that one? No, not as good as the second, but they're still interesting. Okay. Um and uh a film called uh Phantom of the Paradise. It's uh seventies uh film. Brian De Palma directed it. It's got music by Paul Williams and other, you know, it, it in a lot of ways, I think it predated Rocky Horror, and it's similar in some ways to that. But I like it more. It, it's a, it's a pretty demented rock musical, and uh, I think it's got some really nice uh, songs for the time period. Anyway, um, 
So I would recommend that one. It's just it is pretty. It is kind of it's kind of batshit really, <laughs> especially for that era. Um, and it's got a nice sense of style to it. And I've already like talked to him off off uh, off podcast and be like, "What? You haven't seen the Goonies or Beetlejuice?" <laughs> yeah, I haven't. So, uh, uh, I mean, you know, those are classics that you know. Uh, Beetlejuice is the one I'd probably because I I think he might like that more than the Goonies. It might be the Goonies, Goonies might be like too kiddie or something. I don't know. Yeah, I I think yeah, I think that's kind of at this point I don't really want to watch it because it seems like it is kind of like a kiddie movie, and so I'm just like, eh, I'm good. Um, uh, Josh, what album or artist does Mike absolutely need to listen to, and why? Um, Pink Floyd. Uh, I know Mike likes '80s era sounding music. Pink Floyd. Uh, momentary lapse of reason. Okay. Uh, that I think I've heard some tracks from that. I, I've I've definitely heard Dark Side of the Moon. Who hasn't? Right. But the guitar pl- That's like by the t- the time that album came out, it was just so their sound had changed so much. It's it's very eighties. Cool. There's a lot of that re- right. really cool big guitar uh, soloing. Yeah. Uh, but not like is, is that the one from uh the does the song learning to fly yes. come from that album yeah okay yeah but i like you, that song you should lot, listen so. to the rest of the album because the rest of the album is just as good and also you should listen oh, cool. to genesis's as uh, such a hard word to say in genesis self-titled album they put out in i want to say 1982 it has the song mama on there mama oh, okay. is probably one of my favorite songs of all time period but the rest mm-hmm. of the, the album has some really cool, like, kind of that 80s. Is that 80s. the one, is that with, with Genesis with uh, Collins or with uh, Gabriel? Collins. Okay. Uh, the, the hit song that came off of there, besides Mama, was uh, that song, That's All. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. So okay. it was the same, it's just a shame, that's yeah. all. Yeah, yeah, you should check definitely out. Definitely heard that one. You should check out that album. Um, and then... Uh, oh my god, Depeche Mode, so many albums from the 80s but that, that are so fucking good. Uh, uh-huh. Music for the Masses and uh, Black Celebration are two albums okay. that you should absolutely check out All by right. Depeche Mode. I, I got some, I don't know if you're into the new retrowave stuff, but I really like Gunship. They've done some really cool retro, new retrowave kind of stuff. They did. Uh, their first album actually has a song that has an intro by John Carpenter. Oh, nice. Does narration, and and the music video is actually claymation, and it has there's like R- RoboCop in it, and a few other. Send me a know, link characters. for that later on. I want to yeah. put that to my watch later on YouTube. Yeah. All right, you have the next. Uh... Okay, um, it's called Technor. Okay, that's the that's the name of of I think I don't think that's the name of Gunship's first album. They're just self titled, and then the second album they did is called Dark All Day, and they even Dark All Day. They got the, I think his last name is Capello. They got the saxophone player guy from uh, the Lost Boys to actually do a sax solo for uh, one of the songs on that album. Have you seen the Lost Boys? <laughs> no. There we go. That's there, there's another one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is this next one is from Vikram Rao. Uh, I want to shout out to him. Uh, he's been listening for a long time. He's a really good dude, and he helped me install. Mm-hmm some very important software on my computer one time. He walked my stupid ass through it step by step. Yeah. And it Speaking of software, did you ever find a way to, you know, clear out your hard drive? No, it's still a problem. I gotta fuck around right. with that. So he says, uh, I think he's actually, he tagged you. He says, once you're done covering the old UM episodes, how, 
Ho, he's, I think he meant to say how, but it's spelled ho. Ho about going through each of Chris's <laughs> missing segments. Well, we covered a missing segment. I know I know you don't know this because this podcast hasn't come out yet, but uh, we covered yeah. one of his missing segments today, uh, actually. Yeah. Uh, we've done that a few times. Yeah, Amy Willi- Willard a was a missing segment. Yeah, well, we will go through mo- uh, more of them for sure. We've just been trying to find cases that we're interested in first and foremost, but we'll get to the point, though, where we're like, I, I mean, how about this one? We haven't covered it yet. You know? <laughs> That's kind of where we're at now. The bottom of the barrel is being scraped with bloody fingernails from the wood uh, splinters going underneath oh our... That's a visual for you. Up next, we have uh, a question for Helen Hurd, who is our uh, amazing social media person for Twitter and Instagram. She fucking made an Instagram for us. How solid mm. is, is is that? Like, she's just so... Uh, awesome for doing that, for taking that shit off of my plate and and doing that. That's I'm really thankful to her for that. She goes, not uh, unsolved mysteries, but just curious. No Apple, I don't want to install the newest version of iTunes. Uh, do you think dreams <laughs> mean something? I've been on a lot of meds for a sinus thing, and I've been having a, a lot of vivid dreams. Even some of my parents uh, who have passed away. Uh, yeah, I think it's the mind's way of. Um, of process it processing um you know things that you've seen things that you've experienced um like honestly i think dreams help you process feelings that you suppress uh in a lot of my dreams i get really fucking angry in, in the dream mm. and i'll like wow. i'll like fight someone or i'll almost fight wow. someone or i'll because I never get that angry in real life. I, I, uh-huh. I guess I kind of like suppress it. I, 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 I maybe you should find some other way to, you know, get that anger out instead of in your dreams. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't but, really you know, actively like, I mean, I just, but if that works, then, you know, I guess sure, I, I think it does. And I, I've like cried in my, I've gotten really emotional in my dreams. Cause I, ne- that's interesting. I, I never cry in person. Cause really. that's usually not what goes on. I just have random fucking nonsense. Like, and, and sometimes it ties into reality. Like I'll be going to a, a place to look for stuff, you know, look for movies, but then everything that, what, it's the most banal shit. It'll be like this movie and like it's so vivid and it looks so real. And I and there's one I had recently where I could even read the back of the DVD case. Oh my god. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> that and is it's all that made is up. Quite a level of detail. The plot is made up, the synopsis is made up, this movie doesn't exist. It's some 70s rock and roll biopic with Jeff Bridges that I forgot they even forgot the name of it. But like the name was there and the synopsis and the cast and, and all of that shit. And it, and it's just one of those things where it, it's just the most banal shit. Like it, it'll be like a normal trip to some plays, but then everything will be like fake. <clears throat> and like th- these movies don't exist. Or I'll have ones that are that are just boring, everyday whatever stuff. But there will be ones where, yeah, I dream about things that that are on my mind. And I think that is normal. Like, oh, I dream about uh, Cowboys football because, you know, the, the season's about to start. Or, you know, I, I dream about other things. Um, I don't necessarily have a lot of emotional dreams, but there are times where I do. There are times where I have, like, a dream where I get pissed off at somebody. That's happened to me. 
Um, I don't think it happens as often as it does for you. Does it seem like it happens like every every night when you dream? It's just like you're angry. No, or it's only after the or... nights that I do a podcast with you that I have those dreams. <laughs> And I'm the one in the podcast. He's choking out, you yeah, know, like uh, Homer to Bart Simpson. Yeah. <laughs> well, you little. <laughs> no, it doesn't happen a lot, but I, like you know, I think it's I think it's feelings that you suppress or that you you know I think you kind of your brain like lets it out during your dream. I think and with it's, meds you know... too. Meds, oh, meds in particular. Oh yeah, they'll definitely. I think they can make things even more vivid. Yeah, yeah, they'll definitely they'll definitely affect your dreams for sure, um, for better or for worse. Um, I, I I always like uh you know dreams are fascinating dreams are interesting and fun. Uh, my favorite horror franchise is a Nightmare on Elm Street because of the creativity that that franchise has with the dream sequences and the nightmare scenes. And I always thought it would be, you know, cool to do the Dream Warriors thing where like have a power and you know fight your demons and your dreams. But then I realized that I would probably not be able to do it. And I'd be fucking dead in like five seconds. Cause I just wouldn't be able to think on my feet or, or, or that quickly enough. I'd be like, Holy shit. It's Freddy Krueger. I'm a big fan of your. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big fan of. <laughs> <laughs> fucking hilarious. All right. We got one last question that was on our actual fan page from Sean Brady's from Australia. He's uh he's been listening for a long time. Uh, hey guys, congrats on 200 episodes and hopefully many more. What's the first activity you guys would do together if you finally met up? Of course, we already answered that question. We would make out, duh. Um, so yeah. So those are the questions. Thank you everybody for fucking, you just participated the hell out of that one. And, um, you know, since this is a super triple stuff 200th episode, we'll close out with, uh, some Josh Flower Diaries and wrap this shit up. Um, because, I mean, this is gonna be maybe two and a half three hours but you know what whatever it's, the, it's episode 200 yeah it's episode 200 so i don't know what we i'm pretty sure i know where we left off so here we are saturday okay so first of all a little backstory for anyone who just now would be listening on our 200th episode and doesn't know um i found my online journal archives in my computer that i saved from when i was a teenager i found them like a few months ago and i've been reading through them on the podcast um and this segment is called The Perks of Being a Josh Flower. Saturday, January 15th, 2005. We're finally into 2005. Um, I'm making sure I haven't already read this particular one. Blah, 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 blah. No, I don't think I did. Um, okay, here we goes. I have been avoiding this thing long enough. The things that happen in my life need... Wow, that was a run-on sentence already, Josh. Starting off strong. (laughs) I have been avoiding this thing long enough. Comma is where uh, one should have been. The things that happen in my life need to be recorded, I swear. But I don't want to do it. So here goes. Why my life sucks, all caps, by Josh Cannon. (laughs) First of all... There we go. First of all, my dad got laid off from his job a few months ago. Now it's getting down to crunch time for him to get a new job, which he hasn't done that. If that wasn't, if that was not enough, he has a pinch vertebrae or something. So now he's in total pain all the time. And boy, did that, did that go on until the very that bitter one's, end. That one sound, this one sounds a little familiar to me. Second, my grandma's in the hospital with fluid around her lungs here. Oh, and she, she has these things called polyps on her intestines that could kill her at any second. Ooh. I love my granny. She is my closest grandmother and my only one. She's about to die. 
That sucks ass! <laughs> Thirdly, my panic attacks... But it does suck ass, let's be honest. Yeah, I mean, it does. I mean, she's been dead since 2014 or 2015, so I'm, I'm kind of over the... Uh, so she lived a little bit... No, know, she did live. Yeah, she did live a lot longer than than when she like we thought she was done for when. But now she lived like a like maybe a good, almost ten years after that. Thirdly, my panic attacks have come back now. I'm too scared to go anywhere because I'm afraid I might fucking have one. Sucks ass. <laughs> Four. I'm having trouble sleeping at night. Five. I think I'm possessed with some evil demon or something because I keep having nightmares. Six. I think I'm going crazy. Because I always think I'm going crazy. Because I get weird thoughts and images in my mind. And I hear sounds that I don't think exist, quite frankly. Eight. Number eight. Our fucking band broke up! Sucks! Nine. I'm always having this looming feeling that my life is going nowhere and everybody else is doing something. I feel like everybody is moving on and I am staying. I feel like I have wasted away my life. I was only 15! What am I talking about? I've wasted my, I've wasted 15 years and like five of those years I was a toddler. God, so stupid. Now I feel like I've wasted, now I can say at 32 I've wasted my life. Now I can say it, you know, and, and, and it could ring true. But then it's, shut the fuck up. I wish someone had bitch slapped me through the screen at that moment when I wrote that. I have waited too long. Now it's too late. I'm just going to fuck up my only good years by just doing the same old repetitive shit. But if I try to do anything, that means I don't, that means I have a panic attack. Fuck! And then if I try to sleep on it, I concentrate on every damn second in my room that is there. And if I try to pray about it, I feel like God isn't even there. And if I sit there and watch TV, ah, TV. That's the only thing that doesn't fuck me over in some way or another. Number 10 on why my life sucks. I don't have a job and I can't drive. How the fuck am I going to advance in life if I can't drive and I don't have a car? 11. School sucks! I have a panic attack almost every day at school, or if not panic attack, then I feel like shit. And when I get home, I'm all paranoid and scared of going to school in fear of having another panic attack. Jesus, my life really did suck back then. Yeah. 12. I never get to see my girlfriend, and everyone else does get to see theirs. It's not fucking fair! 13. (laughs) I'm a fat fuck, so my health is shittier than it should be. 14. I don't know what I want to do with my life, and I don't want to go to college, and school fucking sucks. 15. I'm not ready to be an adult, and I can't handle stress, but next year I have to figure out what fucking college I'm going to apply to! So, what is going... So, what is... So, this is what goes through my head all day, every fucking day. Every day sucks. I almost wish to die sometimes because I feel fucking pointless and lame. Man. Why my life doesn't suck. Oh, and now it's set. Now I'm trying to look on the bright side. Number one, Casey, my girlfriend at the time. Number two, parents being alive. Well, one's alive now. Three, my stuff that I have. <laughs> of you just like stuff. Not specific my, stuff. Yeah, my stuff. Was it a stash of weed? Was it a, <laughs> a, a car collection of like miniature cars? Was it a jar full of uh, belly button lint? What stuff, Josh? Four, I'm not dead or paralyzed or have diseases. And I spelt diseases D-E-S-I-E-S-E. That is an abortion of a spelling attempt there. Five, I'm trying to work on a relationship with God, but it's not going too good. <laughs> and it'll only- Just the way you worded that, like it's, I'm trying to work on a relationship with God, but 
You know, it's just not going too good, man. <laughs> like he just don't get along. He gets home late every night. He, he smells like <laughs> alcohol. He yells at me when dinner's not on the table. Just not going too good with God. Uh, the uh, Six on why my life doesn't suck. I have a good house. Seven, I have a car. You just said you didn't have a car. Then why are you saying you have a car? I don't know. Why was young Josh? I'm sorry. I was a little retarded. I was a little retarded. I, I, I'm using that in, it, in the medical sense. I think I literally was slightly retarded. Well, at the same time, you're talking about yourself. Yes. You're not calling someone else that, so... Uh, for reason number eight, why my life didn't <laughs> suck, I just put, I have skills. <laughs> like, who am I, Napoleon Dynamite now? Oh, I have sweet skills. Uh, like, like what, what, what's, what, what's reason number nine going to be? I'm good with nunchucks or some shit? Like... <laughs> Uh, number nine, my grades are okay. That's it for life not sucking. They're okay. I like how I, had, I said that's it. I have nine reasons. I mean, that's a lot of reasons why life doesn't suck. God, I fucking hate how my, but my old self. you had more reasons why your life did yeah, suck. I did. I had way more reasons why my life and did it suck. Isn't, it isn't just me, but was there a lot of deja vu with the reasons why your life sucks? Dude, I'm telling like, you. I swore you already wrote about I know, I could suck. in the I, previous like, entry. I try to tell people when it comes to like my, because my, I told people that I used to write in a journal, and I would said you could pretty much sum up the journal with like three things. I'm fat, and I don't have a girlfriend. Number two is I don't have a girlfriend because I'm fat. And then number three is everything sucks. Um... <laughs> So now we're moving on into Monday, January 24th, 2005. Well, my granny is still in the hospital, supposedly getting better, but I don't know. I saw her and she doesn't look too good. Um, my dad is still in pain and is, is needing a job. I'm still having panic attacks. And the other day I went to my girlfriend's church and I had like a massive panic attack. Oh, I remember that. I remember that day. I did have a massive panic attack. Um, the sleep situation is pretty good. I feel a little closer to God, which is happy for me which is happy for me, which is good for me, I should have said, maybe. I still love my Casey girl so much. Oh, my God. I can't cannot believe it sometimes. School sucks so bad. Projects and shit still doing. Am I? Whoa, Yoda shit right there. Oh, still doing. Am I? Okay. <laughs> Our band, it is finished, is finished. We have broken up officially, which sucks. Even you, even you use that, Joe. Yep. Uh, We've broken up officially, which sucks. My life is a puddle of poop. Maybe one day it will. What? Maybe one day it will take the shape of a life. <laughs> okay. A, yeah, I do remember Casey being one of the only. It's a puddle of poop. I, uh, maybe it'll take the shape of a life someday. <laughs> Casey was like the only thing that like I really liked. I think in my life in that point, because like she was really hot, and I that was the first time. I had mm. like a hot chick who paid any attention to me. Totally surface level. Uh, I know how shallow that sounds, but she did have a good personality too. But I don't know, man. I, I was a fucking wreck. All right, this is the last one, and then we'll, we'll wrap it up. Wednesday, February 2nd, 2005. Okay, everything is basically the same with everything. Still having panic attacks. Still love me some Casey. It is finished, is still obsolete, and I'm still fucking tired of all this shit. <laughs> <laughs> man yeah that's an old man thing i'm tired of this shit this is like the long i'm mad as hell and i can't, won't take it anymore <laughs> my life sucks <laughs> this is like the longest period i have ever gone feeling this way i feel so weird at school it's so fucking lame school sucks 
I hate it so much. The only reason I would even go to that place is to see Casey afterward. But it's all that bullshit in between that just pisses me off I, that I think about. School starts at 7.55 a.m. And I see my lover at 3 p.m. So that's fucking seven hours of bullshit I have to go through just to see her for like an hour. This is not very even scheduled to me. I mean, I have been sick this whole week and last week, so that probably has a lot to do with my shit feelings. I figure I'll just stick through it this week and try to do the best I can and hope that God lets me make it through without losing it. And I think I'm going to get meds for my panic attacks. You know what I think I hate the most about these things? The fact that I want to be able to give Casey the best of myself possible, and when I get these panic attacks, it makes me feel like I'm all different. It makes me feel like I'm an outcast, and I just wish I could feel normal for her. I want to be able to do normal things with her. I want my life to feel normal. My life was normal. Now I don't know what I could label it, but I think I can go though. I can go. I think I can go on though. I mean, there are people whose lives suck a lot more than mine, but yet I seem to bitch louder than any of them. But whatever, I don't wow. know. Just pray for me, please. Ding, ding, ding. He finally gets a little bit of perspective. Wow. February 2nd, 2005. Josh finally gets perspective on his life. I should frame that phrase for the rest of these. I mean, there's peoples whose lives suck a lot more than mine, yet I seem to bitch louder than any of them. That's kind of the theme for this whole fucking thing. So, yeah. But uh, I, I definitely feel for young Josh with the whole panic attack. Dude. Thing. But I find it interesting where he's like, oh, my life was normal. Like, was it? And it didn't seem like it was that normal before. Every time I say that when, when I'm younger, um, I, uh, I'm i basically referring to when I was a kid and I was homeschooled. Oh, because okay. that was like the only time in my life where I was truly like trouble free. And that's when I gained all the weight. Because when I was in public school growing up as a kid, like I had anxiety. I had nervous. Mm -hmm. I had like nervous stomachs. Like I just my stomach always felt like it was in knots. So I never ate. Yeah. And um, when I was homeschooled, finally, and I got pulled out of public school and my mom taught me um, my appetite came back and I discovered I really loved food a lot and I felt so much safer and better at home. And I think those are like three years. The, those were like the only three years where I felt like a normal fucking individual. Yeah. Um, well, speaking of those three years, like, do you look back and 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 wish that you were still homeschooled? Or no, 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 no. I think it was good that I. I think it was good that I went to. I'm I'm so I'm glad that I got sent because, dude, the real world. It, you have to you have to face your fears. You have to face it. You have to have your panic attacks. You have to go mm -hmm. through your problems and you have to come out the other side a better person. That's the only way you grow as a human being. Uh, and in fact, I wish I had gone to public school instead of the private gates of private school where, where it's a lot more, you know, yeah, there were still dicks and bullies and shit, but it was a lot more of a manicured existence. Like public school would have been the real world. And I'm in the real world now and I have had to deal with assholes and awful people and it's called life man if you want to make it you have to you have to learn how to deal with bullshit and feeling bad and not wanting to go on sometimes but you do it anyway because eventually shit gets better and you come out the other side like forged iron you come out better after being beat down so much so um the panic attacks really shaped who i became and who i am now and um you know they sucked 
fucking they were debilitating and i don't wish them on my worst enemy but they really gave me a lot of perspective on what it's like to have mental illness and what it's like to be scared and and your brain is you know takes over and you have no control and yada 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 i could go on forever about all that so yeah you ready to end this bitch mike yeah all right let's do it that is the fucking 200th episode i hope it was a triple stuffed fucking oreo that's going right in your your face hole uh (laughs) you can find more of me and mike on patreon by going to patreon.com slash uncovering unexplained mysteries buyers why (laughs) yeah uh for just three dollars a month you'll get the episode early for five dollars a month you can suggest what cases you want to cover in the future and for one dollar a month, you get a nice digital slap on the ass by yours truly. Um, and if you want to see us separate, like let's say you like, let's say you're more of a Mike guy. Like say you have a poster of Mike in your room instead of me. You can find Mike on his YouTube channel at YouTube.com/OCPCommunications. He's the movie guru. What was the last epic video that you made, Mike? Uh, most excellent movie review of Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. But it wasn't an excellent movie, was it? Or wait, are you t- I, you're, no, I thought it. Was oh, you're an talking about film. the you're talking about the original. Yeah, I'm talking about the first film. But you have first you, audacious, really just timeless, classic, fun first film. But you have seen the the newest one. Oh, Face the Music, uh, uh, Bill and Ted Face Palm, <laughs> Bill and Ted uh, Face the Pavement. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that one. <laughs> I love your righteous indignation towards movies you don't like. God, it's amazing. So yeah, if you want to see Mike take the piss out of uh, the RoboCop reboot and many other movies, go to his channel at OCP Communications uh, on I also YouTube. Give him, you know, nice, nice rubs too. You know, I'm not just always like punching him in the face. So yeah, that as well. He likes what he likes and he hates what he hates. Uh, if you want to find me yeah. on YouTube, it is youtube.com slash dancing with ghosts. Dancing with ghosts. The latest video that I uploaded is uh, my band doing an acoustic cover of a newer artist called Youngblood. And the song is called California. I play guitar and the lovely Stephanie sings and she tears that song a new asshole because uh, she did a great job on it. Uh, Before that, I reacted to the Smashing Pumpkins' new synth-pop song, Sire, which I think is really cool. Uh, I rate albums from A to F. I do um, just uh, game reviews sometimes. I talk about all things music-related. I cringe to my some Christian music I had to listen to growing up. Did a video on that. Uh, So it's a lot of music-related stuff. Uh, I'm trying to boil my channel down to just one thing instead of doing everything but the kitchen sink, unlike last time. Anyway, here's to 200 more fucking episodes. I hope you guys, if you guys made it through this whole podcast, comment and tell us that you made it through the whole thing. Just because I feel <laughs> like you should get like a cookie or some kind of golden, uh, I don't know, shower or something. That might have been the what? Well, yeah, it might have been the wrong golden thing to give the listeners. What? Yeah, let's just end it right now before it gets even <laughs> more like a gold star or a gold nugget. Not, not a, not an R. Kelly. No. Come on. Oh god. <laughs> Alright gang, as usual Enjoy the rest of your fucking night I don't know what the fuck else you want from me I'm gone 15 year old Josh out Bye Alright, we'll see you later And remember, only you can prevent forest fires